Wardcast episode 132. Go! Go. Thanks, Moment. I'm Dil Alvento. And today I'm joined by Ruthie Edwards and Moment Khan. What's up, y'all? Not Nothing. much. Not much. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. But we're, but we're inside. We're inside talking <laughs> yeah. about video games because there's nothing better to do. Um, well, let's just start right off. You guys were playing Florence as I was setting everything up. How yeah. is Florence? <laughs> it's really cool. We played about five minutes of it or less. Um, so I don't have any clue what the story's about yet, but I appreciate it. And uh, just the cool things the interface does to move the story along. Cool transitions. I heard you had to do math. There was a part where I had to do math. I had to reach back into the corners of my brain to remember basic addition. Uh, you had to think about all the things. <laughs> what was that game for DS? Brain Age? Was that yeah, Brain, Age? brain yeah. Age. Yeah. What's what's the guy's name in that? Mr. Doctor something something something. I know his face, but I can't. I have no idea what his name is. The Asian guy with like the very polygonal yeah. face. Yeah. Is I feel it, like we had the Wii version. Was there a Wii version? I bet there was. That seems like a game that would have translated to Wii. I think there's a level in Smash Brothers yeah. with his. Well, head. that's why I know it because <laughs> okay, yeah. I never played Brain Age. But there's an episode. There's a yeah, a level in Smash Brothers where he just pops up, and then he says right. like a math <laughs> problem, and I think like numbers fall from the fall from the sky, and they're like mini Smash balls, and you like want to hit the right number. Yep. And it'll yeah, that sounds right. Damage everyone else. <laughs> I mean that that's that's every other video game that Nintendo makes is just fodder for the the Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers machine. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is was, good. Yeah. They I just was, grind it all up into <laughs> just, just an inhalable powder. Right. Do you think the <laughs> rabbits are going to be in the next version? Still waiting on James um, Bond over here. They're, they're getting pretty loose with the third party integrations. So I like it. It's yeah. possible. I mean, I like that it's turning more into a, uh, a, a historical artifact of video yeah. game as opposed to just like, let's just highlight Nintendo stuff. Like, they Pac-Man, Mega Man, Sonic, Mario, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, are like the new four. It's turning into like a Mujin game that has like yeah. <laughs> Family Guy and Bugs Bunny and like Power Rangers and... Is that a real thing? Is that like a, is that like a legally licensed thing or is that... I don't... No, it's no, not Mugen legal. No, Mugen is not. Okay. Yeah. What, what is but Mugen? A, anyway, it's just a fighting game engine that anyone can make a character for. Oh, okay. Is this what the yeah. Salty Bet thing is? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm on board. But so you have like Invader Zim fighting like I don't cat know. and dog <laughs> yeah or like cat <laughs> cat, cat dog, dog and <laughs> I just, Stewie Griffin is like the most popular one on there oh and you have God. like well, all the his Simpsons is probably so small right well sort of yeah well they they can just do whatever they want but isn't, with the character but isn't so the it's thing like, with Salty Bet is that they like from when I saw it which was like two or three years ago is that fans would just randomly make like the character sprite sheets and everything. And then yeah. they would import it, and then they would just randomly roll two characters against each other. Yep. But like there was no balancing done, so it'd be like no. You know, sometimes some of the characters, like the Stewie Griffin, was like really overpowered or whatever. Well, um, that's why Salty Bet worked because it had the odds, right? Of the, yeah. the betting odd system. So you, if one character was super overpowered, you could still bet against them and win a ton. But like if, they, if you're uh, lucky. But like they didn't even balance for like hit frames and stuff, which is why Stewie would like 
make sense as a powerful character because uh, Dewey yeah. would be this big and then they'd fight like, I don't know, like an X-Men Sentinel and X-Men Sentinel's as tall as the screen. Yeah, it was really janky like and unbalanced, which is why the betting was so fun because people get so upset. I mean, salty. Hey. <laughs> when, uh, yeah, when things wouldn't go as how they thought it would. Is it uh, is this still running? We should check in. Probably. We should check in. Let me check but in. The, <laughs> Do a real quick check in. The moral salty of the bet. story is that Smash for Switch is going to be like Salty Bet. Yes. Okay. I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo's Sold. actually. That's my bet. They're launching their new online system just to right. do a Salty Bet style Smash Brothers. That's my theory. I hope so. I mean, I wish that was the case, but you know it's Nintendo and they're not going to have chat. Uh, yeah. Which is half the well, fun. Maybe. Like Guys, voice chat? Salty Bet's still, or, still running. You know how on Salty Bet, the funnest part is seeing the chat and oh, everyone yeah, get yeah, upset yeah. and stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, Smash Brothers has always been rated T, right? T for teen? I don't remember. Um, I remember the original E10. one was. I think it's T, but also the online interaction is like unrated, technically. Well, yeah, because any any online interaction is unrated by the ESRB. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Salty Bet's still running. Right now, it's Frosty Ninja, which is just a knockoff Sub-Zero fighting <laughs> Annie Hamilton, which I don't know who that is. I don't know if that's like What does like it a, look like? It's like this woman. She kind of looks like um, Chun-Li, like the Chun-Li like, streamers in her hair, mm-hmm. but just wearing like a sports bra and then like leggings. I have no idea. Um, but like when she does moves, like her special, it just summons like Japanese characters in the background to show that she's doing her special. And she's also whooping knockoff bootleg Sub-Zero's ass. Hmm. Like he keeps losing. All right. Anyways, um, <laughs> that was your salty bet check in for the next three years. Uh, so yeah. Who, who are you betting on? I didn't, I didn't pick one. Oh. It, 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 <laughs> so I went to the salty bed website and I was trying to see who the characters were, but it was obscuring the names because it had like the, the upper third thing for the Twitch feed. Oh, yeah. So I just tapped on that and then it took me to the Twitch app and then I could actually read it. But yeah. There was no. I think I ran out of salty coin or whatever it is. And I ran. <laughs> I just was like, OK, you can dig yourself out. You go to like the loser pit and then you have to dig yourself out of that. And you can get back in the game, but how do you? How do you? I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> I'm curious how the the you know if you if you're completely out of money, like what's the buy in to get more more salty oh, you coin? Can, you can pay real money. Really? Yeah. Wow. Can you cash out? No. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Makes sense. You can cash out into Bitcoin, actually. Ooh. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if yeah. No. Bitcoin's trading. Moment, how how's your crypto doing? Uh I don't I mean market's pretty there. flat. Market's pretty flat recently. It's pretty flat. Yeah. Which is good technically, but it's also boring. So it felt like a Bitcoin or just a crypto gold rush for a solid five, six months there. Everyone was just freaking out. Yeah. And, it was like that FOMO thing. Yeah. Very FOMO driven. Yeah. I'm just sitting on my You can't tell people how much you have. It's gonna, a security issue. Okay. Whatever. Literally. Fine. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Crypto cybersecurity. That's the new. Yeah. That's the future. All right. Well, last weekend, uh, while I put up the recording with uh, Alex Berry from the Swords of Ditto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we Ludum Dare 41 happened. 
I was, I was I didn't participate because I was fucking yeah, we're tired. Missing you. So, yeah, well, I showed yeah. up. Did, I mean, I was there for a You're couple there. hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was only there about half the time, or less than half the time. I started on Sunday morning, and it's due on oh, Sunday wow. night. So I had about twelve hours to make a game, if even yeah, nine a.m. to nine p.m. something like that. So yeah, I didn't I didn't get very far into it, but uh, but I did make something. Yeah, you mean you had a pretty complete project there it was the playable. i didn't know you that took 12 hours that's pretty good for 12 hours yeah, yeah. having never done vr before and like right, right. including the time it took me to set up all the stuff and, and install steam vr and all this stuff and update unity like all the stuff that you need to do to build a vr game from scratch like i had to do all that so yeah it wasn't too bad did you use uh oh you said you used unity for yeah, it? yeah i used unity okay. with steam vr Okay. Um, and the their plugins Vive. or whatever. Yeah, 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 the plugin. To be fair, Steam VR makes it like so easy. It was easy. very easy. It's I so was like copy pasting components. Um, they have all these pre-built like throwable items, teleport. Yeah. Places. Do they have a pre-built scene? Like, yeah. With all the physics, everything like yep. kind of. Yeah, they have like a play area object okay. that you can just drag anywhere, and that and represents the, like your player. The player okay. controls and the the GUI that that tells the player how to teleport. All that stuff's built in, so you can just copy-paste your own stuff into it. It's how nice. Do, how does it... Um, how does it... Is it intelligent enough to re auto-redraw auto the the play area for you in one of those things? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, mm. so it has the environment built into that sample scene, and I just copied it out, and it takes... So when you do this, the Steam VR setup... You you take the controller and you run it around the perimeter of your room or wherever you're working in. Right. And then it adapts based on that. Okay. I mean something like yours with like just you just kind of have like the single object that you're interacting with in the scene. Yeah. That's relatively <laughs> easy because you're not having like an environment that has to kind of like resize itself. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm curious how it does it with like Yeah. So if a game has to actually resize itself based on the area, the you have to program that yourself oh okay so it's um, not an, a built-in component well i mean you can read that data from the component right but you have to do something with it yourself got like, it you have to change the scale or whatever yeah yeah interesting but it is it's still like insanely easy um given how like complicated vr is yeah i thought it would i didn't think i would be able to make something in that amount of time but i did it i made music i made a potted plant that I didn't actually put in the game. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. And then I ate pizza. And then I was like, oh, crap. Sounds like sounds like a good game jam. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so let's talk about the games you made. Ruthie, what's the name of your game? Uh, calculate Sweat VR. <laughs> so it's um, <laughs> kind of like a spin on Pokari Sweat. And like Japanese uh, Gatorade type drinks. They're all called Sweat. Really? A, yeah, that's like the way that they. I don't know. That's how yeah, they call it. I still them. don't get that. Appetizing. <laughs> it's like a weird mistranslation of, you know, this is for exercise or right. energy no. or whatever, but they call it sweat. I so. get how they got there. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. It's just the destination. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they took one step a little too far. Yeah. Yeah. So you can buy Pokari sweat in like any vending machine in Japan. Anyway, I just stole that word, the sweat. And it's so it's a giant calculator. You just walk up to it and you use the controller to punch the buttons, but it's huge. So you have to like jump up to hit the top row and you have to crouch down to hit the bottom row. So it's like a really obnoxious way of doing basic math. 
Just like Florence. Exactly like Florence. Yeah, so that's really all there is to it. And I was like trying to spin more of a more of a story around it. I was like, you can use this to calculate tips when you go to a restaurant and like stuff that didn't make any sense. <laughs> That'd be funny though if you like if you were to go back to that project and it's it's just like a, a, a bunch of vignettes where you have to calculate something like you're at a restaurant. It's like, all right, time to tip the waiter or waitress. And then you just pull out this giant calculator and it just destroys the table and then you have to interact with it. Yeah, I the theme was incompatible genres. So it was like exercise, calculator, VR. Like none of it made any sense, but that's what I liked about it. Well, like, I like how you picked calculator as a genre. <laughs> <laughs> Math. Well, like, Nintendo started is a doing that. calculator a game? Well, yeah. No, well, I mean, Nintendo started doing that with like the DS where like, they just started releasing Mario Calculator and Mario right. Clock as like right. individual applications. Oh, Clock's even better because you cannot really interact with it. <laughs> you just spin the you hand. Can, like, twist it. Yeah. It has one knob. Yeah. You can plug it. It's like it, come back in six it. hours to twist it again. <laughs> it's an idle VR game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. So uh, have you gotten, I bet, I bet for theme you're going to get like five out of five. I don't think anyone will play it so i'll probably not get any ratings yeah have you checked like your ratings no and i think you told me my link was broken anyway and i didn't fix that either oh uh, yeah that's why i haven't rated it yet um there's no i thought there was a a, a quote-unquote 2d like a non-vr version yeah if you so that's what's nice about the demo uh steam vr demo thing is that it it defaults to 2d for testing and for output like if it does if it doesn't detect a headset it defaults to wasd right. controls okay and then you just is it mouse to yeah it's mouse and it's actually like you have to hold the right mouse button to look but other than that it's like basic basic first person controls that's like some blender <laughs> interaction kind of stuff it's you know so, what I'm talking about. It's so you can click on things without okay moving your head you know Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like if you if you have mouse look, your cursor's always in the center of the screen. Okay. It's so that you, makes it's sense? so you can move cuz in VR you have like three things that you're moving, your left, right, <laughs> right. and your head. So with this mode you can like press buttons to toggle between moving right. left, right, or your head. Cuz if VR were like mapped 100% to like a first person shooter, then your hand would technically be in the center of the screen because that's where the exactly. interaction point is. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Makes sense. Um, cool. Yeah, I have one rating, and it's telling me my uh, links don't work. <laughs> yeah, fix them links. That's okay. That's that's legal in the in the Lundari rules. You're allowed it to, is. to yeah. edit that stuff. Uh, moment, tell me about. I'll do that game. later. Um, my game is um. So I try to experiment with the new Unity version. Yeah, the job system or something. Yeah, or- so it's a job system, and it's basically like. Um, I guess like most Unity games, when you run it, it does everything in on one CPU thread. Right. So like, if you have eight cores in your CPU, it's just gonna bring one to a hundred, and the rest are gonna be at zero. Really? Yeah. Usually, but this new system, it splits up all the work into like a million threads or whatever. Like my my game had like uh, fifty thousand threads going on at once, mm-hmm. basically. And did you have to tell it to do that? Like, do you have to? Is, does the job system require user um, interaction to tell it manually to start using different cores? No. Okay. So all you do is, um, like, I have 
an array of dots. I have 20,000 dots on the screen. Right. And I just tell the job system, hey, do this function on each of the dots. And then the job system decides, okay, I'm going to split up these 20,000 things into all these different cores. And then I'm going to split up this other 20,000 things into these cores. Okay. So then if you look at your um, task monitor, mm -hmm. your task manager, you'll just see literally 100% of your CPU is being used. <laughs> and I'm, I'm using this on like this, it's a pretty strong laptop, but it's still a laptop. So like the fan is on 100% yeah. <laughs> for like 12 hours as I'm developing this game. It's just like, yeah, like a hurricane. <laughs> but the game ran at 60 fps so sweet yeah, yeah. I, I i played the browser version i didn't play the 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 yeah it runs in the browser too yeah. which is but you have a you have a like a warning there where it's like all right it's gonna be real slow yep. for like the first couple interactions and then it's gonna speed up which yeah. It did which yeah yeah, yeah. And what's i it don't called? know why yeah. it does that but zap Her zap herder okay it's a beautiful game i really like the look really of it. beautiful i'm i i don't know if like the scoring system was broken in it or something well Depends what you mean by broken. It like it's a weird <laughs> scoring system, but okay. it's working correctly okay. from what I've seen. <laughs> All right, it's working I, as designed. Yeah, it's working <laughs> as designed, but the design is weird. It's and like, that's what I wanted. I kind of want this weird, like, I, I like know, that like you have undiscovered to, Japanese arcade game kind of feel. Yeah, right. like you have to figure out the scoring. It doesn't tell you how it's scored. You have to figure out. Oh, there's speed bonuses. Oh, there's length bonuses. Yeah, yeah, but like that was the thing that confused me is that like one of my playthroughs. I got, I did like zap, 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 like three real quick jumps and then killed myself. And I got like 75,000 points. And then I did one. I was like, okay, I get length bonuses or whatever. So I drew a perimeter around the entire thing and then filled <laughs> it in. Yeah. Like as I was going in, like I wouldn't like a game of snake if you played a perfect right, right, game right, of snake. Right. And I got like 60,000 points. Yeah. I'm like, so that's, wait, what? That's, that's not how you want to play it. Okay. Right. How do so. I want to play it? Um, and this is this is my fault because like I wanted to have a bit more of a balance between filling in the screen and doing like crazy reckless moves. Mm -hmm. But right now it's super balanced to like recklessly clicking. Okay. But you want to do you want to get like a really big combo chain. So uh, if you click really fast, you'll get like times four. But if you do a risky move like near another of your path, you'll get another times three. Okay. And then if you die in a relatively empty area in that same jump, you'll get a time six. Oh, okay. And so, if that's a long move as well, you'll get like 500 base points, times three, times four, times six, blah, blah, blah. And that's where you get all the points. All right. I've but, been playing. But I've if been, you go methodically through the whole area, you're not going to get that. Got it. Well, I've been playing Burnout Paradise Remastered, so that all makes perfect sense to me. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like that sports game kind of multiplication right mm -hmm. kind of feel well that's the thing in like burnout where because you can do you can do regular races or you can do stunt runs mm. and stunt runs it's like all right here's you have to get at least this many points and so you get points for like if you do if you spin your car around or if you drift or if you drive in the opposite lane of traffic and then there are multipliers and the multipliers are like uh hit a ramp do a jump do a corkscrew while you're in the air um which is really hard to do break a billboard go through like a closed off section there's like you know it's taped off and you break through that and then those are your multipliers so it's like really easy to be like all right i'm just gonna drive down the opposite lane of traffic for like 10 seconds and then just veer off road break through a billboard do this jump and then now it's like a five times multiplier and now i just all right i got all the points i needed mm, is it like a tony hawk style multiplier Plier where if you do the same trick twice you get yes. less points yeah. fewer uh, points it's 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 like you can't break the same billboard 
twice. Mm. And it, so it'll be like, so if I go off road and I go through that section and then I come back out and then I just turn my car around and go back through the same section, it says you already did this. No points. Yeah. Yeah. Or no multiplier given because those yeah. only grant you like multipliers, I think. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really think about it, but, um, the burnout like crash mode was yeah. probably a pretty big inspiration for the So it's crash mode. <laughs> crash mode meets Crash Mode meets Snake meets Meets Light I mean, it's System. Turn based also, which is weird. I guess. I don't know. I, I guess because you can stop and Yeah, because like Snake back. isn't really a turn based game. Right. It's just continuous. Yeah. Have you ever watched a perfect game of Snake? Yeah. Oh, it's mesmerizing. <laughs> That like, like Russian bot or something. Yeah, that did but it. you like you watch it. You're like, oh, oh, he's gonna fuck up. Nope. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Because <laughs> you have to make like airline turns at the end. Um, cool. Uh, are there any games that you guys tried that you are jonesing to talk about? Um, I haven't had much time. I mean, I saw you last week, so I haven't really played any big games. But I played some games on Congregate this week. Oh, um, <laughs> I meant yeah. I meant specifically Lunar. Oh, Lunar. No, I haven't. No, nope. I've been playing a bunch, but the way I play is like I'll go on the um, the filter. Like it filters based on who has the least amount of votes, mm-hmm. so that votes get spread around. So I'm playing like probably not the most popular games or not the most quality yeah. games. I usually play like a lot of bad, not bad games. All the games are are good. Let's just say that. <laughs> Um, but like <laughs> all games are winners. <laughs> yeah, some of the more well, like broken yeah. games or uh, games that the UI is so confusing, no one can figure out how to play. Or there's no UI. Yeah. <laughs> or there's no tutorial. Well, um, there are a lot of complaints I have about the the Lunumdare, the way Lunumdare is run, and the Lunumdare site in general. But mm-hmm. I think the fact that he does have a filter for games with the least amount of ratings is yeah. like amazing forethought yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's like that's why i always use that filter because i hate seeing games that only have like 10 votes or something and then they they can't get a rating they need 20 right 20 to, to rank. yeah you don't it's need exactly 20. 20 yeah but 20 yeah, is math, probably okay. the math there's super confusing because it's like yeah. ratings got you know the 19 ratings given 20.16785 it's like yeah. what, what is the math here <laughs> I know he has yeah. like some sort of like weird. Well, not it's weird now because in the new site, each category is a different rating. So if you rate only right. one category of someone else, that counts as like a point one two of of a whole mm-hmm. rating. I'm also curious, like how the opt in opt out things for categories right. affects affects everything. It doesn't affect anything because all of the even like the best overall is its own category. It's it's its own rating. I know. I know. It doesn't yeah. like affect. It doesn't influence other categories. But I'm uh, curious how, how like, it affects the filter for fewest ratings. Yeah, it's probably trying to balance based on um, the number of fields that you're actually being rated for. Right. Yeah. But like s- some people, if your game doesn't really match um, one of the fields, they just won't vote. Like my game, I'll have I have like 20 ratings, but I only have 15 mood ratings because i guess the game isn't very moody so people but, just yeah, don't some vote people just mood. don't vote in a category which yeah. is weird yeah i don't get it but i do like that i can just turn a category off it's like i didn't put any music in so i'm just gonna turn the audio category off yeah um cool. so one game 
have a couple games that I have actually encountered that I liked. Uh-huh. Um, Alex's game. Uh, Woodsy? Woodsy uh, is really cool. Awesome game. It's, I guess when, when he started it, it was um, trying to be like an Animal Crossing horror game. And what it turned out is basically um, it has like all the horror tropes and the mood and everything is like perfectly horror, the music and everything. Um, but all the monsters that you encounter are just like citizens in this village, like Animal Crossing, and you're just right, helping like them they're out. they're really friendly. Yeah, it's like a skeleton who is missing his leg bones. Yeah. And he's like, please, can you go get my leg bones? Like, he's very sweet, but it's there's jump scares and fog, and it's really spooky, but the plot itself is really cute. So, yeah. ha- <laughs> Halloween Town, the game, that's what I'm hearing. In a yeah. way. I guess, but it's it has way more uh, horror tropes. Yeah, it's yeah, very like there's a there were parts where I jumped and was startled. Right, right. There are jump scares <laughs> and stuff, but yeah. it's so funny because like you'll get a jump scare and then the monster will be like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I saw him working on it and I thought it looked really good. And he he worked with like a, a composer, a musician, and a pixel yeah. artist. Yeah, he worked with Ben, who's a musician in Richmond. Uh huh. And then Mina, Mina, aka Meowling, Meow, Meowling, Meowling. on, on like Twitter. That. Yeah, she's one of the best pixel artists I've ever seen. Yeah, she's yeah. so good. I like to work. I uh, um, it was a great opportunity for the the Drain Beer Games. Yes, Twitter to come back because <laughs> mm. <laughs> she was tweeting at Brain Deer Games. I was like, all right, finally, some something to do with this with this Twitter account. Did you confuse her? Oh yeah, because you know it's. I don't know how many followers the Brain Deer Games Twitter has. Probably like 20 or something. And then this rogue troll account for Brain Deer Games just pops out and has like six followers and then starts <laughs> tweeting at her. And she's like, what's going on? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, no, the game looked cool. I haven't touched it yet, uh, the final product. Um, Alex can do a lot with a little in right. Unreal. Yeah. And it's right. really impressive. They just have a huge breadth to them. It's really amazing. Yeah, I was telling him I found I found another game that was um it had the same concept. It had, it was like a fishing game and then there was like a jump scare in the river when you caught a fish or something. And that's a cool idea, but Alex had that as just like one tenth of his game. And he right. had like yeah. a bunch of other <laughs> stuff as well. Yeah. So it's like it's yeah, he can definitely build that world. Um, which it, a lot of us days. don't really do. Yeah, maybe Will does. Um, in some of his games, but well, I think yeah. it's because not to discount him, but I think him using the blueprint stuff just lets him like rapidly get stuff in. Maybe I mean I tried blueprint and it's honestly not that much faster than text scripting. Really? Maybe if you if you get used to it, then you can get fast at it. But like, I mean, we can code fast with text anyway, so. Yeah. But it's just coming up with the world and the story and how the logic fits together and oh I gotta yeah. get the skeleton his legs and he'll give me the fish and then I can take the fish to this guy. Well it's, yeah, he he's just <laughs> like coming up um, with all of the world. It's very the the code and the mechanics are very economically used. Like we mentioned there's like a fishing mm-hmm. thing, and there's also like a quest to, you know, uh get this guy's bones back. But those use the same mechanics. It's just like presented in a different way, so it feels fresh, right? And that's like mm-hmm. that's what a game jam is about. Like just repurposing used, that logic. Yeah. And then like he used the way he used the, the sounds. Like he had a lot of sounds from Ben, um, but he extended it through this like fifteen minute, ten minute experience or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, that stuff's good. That's always difficult because, like, I know a lot of us um, don't we we like never do group jams except yeah. for like global game jam. And whenever global game jam comes around, there's always like a struggle to. It's like, oh, how am I going to integrate all this art and assets that all these cool people are making for me? And it's like, it's a really big struggle. But yeah, that's why I was happy with Train Jam, where I'm like, I'm doing all the art and you nice. take, take care of it yourself. <laughs> Here you go. Um, yeah, uh, Keaton, who's one of the guys on our team at Train Jam, he was, uh, he used to be a producer at Capcom Japan. Okay. Um, wow. And he, and he's now an indie dev, but he does only production so train jam was like only the first or second time he's ever coded and like it was him and, and, mm. and matt doing a lot of the heavy lifting i was like wow that's i would have been terrified if this was my first time yeah. coding <laughs> yeah so he probably has a really good sense of you know here's here's the skills we have on the team here's the scope that we can make and like let's just yeah. do it yeah 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 the brainstorming yeah. went really well for that for that team because it was like very rapid like all right, uh, this constraint, this constraint. I want this in it. And I want this in it. Okay, how do we get that into the the, nice. the scope of you know the two and a half days or whatever? Yeah, it turned out really well. Um, anything else? Did you see any other LD games that you um, really liked? Okay, I'm holding off on talking about Will's game. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, until, Dude. until we have. I just want to see if you have anything else to talk. We can about. we can like do a a sing along later. But um, <laughs> outlaw mayor <laughs> <laughs> driving around in my mayor car. <laughs> um okay i am tree you are tree i am tree is that i am is that a guardians of the galaxy knockoff game i don't think so which i am glad um but no so you play as a tree which is funny that's kind of like a, a genre reversal in itself and you're trying to grow as tall as possible uh-huh. to survive all these lumberjacks and like woodpeckers and stuff and what's cool is it rains and you collect water when it rains, but to collect water, you need to have like a canopy. So you can, you build outwards mm. to build a canopy of leaves and stuff to get more water. And then you can build faster. But if you want more defense, you have to build upward right. and build like a thicker trunk. Got it. So it's hmm. this like really natural balance of building outward and building upward that um, even if you're just like trying to play optimally, you will end up with this tree-like shape which is really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. So like the, me- the balance of the mechanics really lends itself well to the tree. So does it not matter like however high up you are on the y-axis? Do the do the lumberjacks and woodpeckers just show up at that level? No, so that's the thing. The lumberjacks always come at the bottom, but woodpeckers, um, if you're too high, you'll get a lot of woodpeckers. So you kind of want to be not super high, like okay. kind of in the middle. And then you want to have a thick trunk so that you can handle the lumberjacks. Yeah, so it's like it's like surprisingly deep for a game that um, I think it's just one button. Like you just click, click to grow, and then oh, you can also click, right click to throw an apple. Okay, I was I was <laughs> gonna ask if there's any offensive capabilities. Yeah, yeah. So like you literally throw an apple, but throwing an apple takes away some of your energy, and you mm. use energy to grow. So there's another like balance there. That's yeah. It. That's it's just intriguing. a very intertwined. Mechanic. I like games where you get to throw apples. That's my favorite yes. genre. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> apple throwing genre. The, I can think of a lot of apple throwing games actually. This is like a Wispy Woods yeah. game. Yeah, from, Wispy from, Woods. From the perspective of Wispy Woods. Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap. Pig Newton. Not familiar. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot 3 had a oh, apple f- bazooka. 
Are they apples or are they uh, wampa fruit? Well, they're wampa fruit, but they're apples. Those are apples. Yeah, yeah the Pokemon apple. things aren't apples, but they are apples. I saw a mod the other day, because uh, you know how there's that crash level in Uncharted 4? Yeah. Uh, they modded it, so they put Nathan Drake into that level. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's just running around. <laughs> and they don't activate the boulder or anything, so he's just like running down the down the, the, the single lane. And he like has to, like, I don't know if he can break the crates or not, but he's like trying to wail on them. But you know, Nathan Drake has that really floaty jump where he like he jumps up and he jumps like his own height and then he scrambles yeah, yeah, in the yeah, air yeah. for a sec so he floats. And so it's just him doing that over and over trying to get over the pits. It was pretty cool. I yeah. like that. <laughs> um is there uh is there any sort of fruit repen- weaponry in uh Dahyong sixty four? Those are like the peanut gun. It's a coconut and then gun. There's a, coconut the gun. Grapes or some kind of fruit. Maybe. Can't think of what it is. Coconut I remember gun. the peanut. Fire in spurts. Yeah. If it shoots you. Oh my god. Wah! Sorry. Yeah, those are nut nut guns. Nut guns. <laughs> oh. Don't fire the nut gun. That sounds awesome. I am tree. I am tree. Okay. I am tree. Cool. I'm gonna look that one up. Yeah, that one that one sounds really good. I ha- I had kind of a similar LD game a while ago when it was that uh the two what was it? It was growth and two buttons. Two buttons, yeah. I had an idea that was basically kind of oh, like that. Yeah. But I never got around to finishing it. There's another one I played. Um the execution isn't that good, but the concept's really awesome where it's a I think it's called Pix and the Curse of Something, um, P-I-X. And you're this, like, Indiana Jones, like, explorer. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, cursed with something that lets her only move based on a hand of cards. So you have, like, you know, five cards in your hand. Mm -hmm. And the first card you have is move left. So you can only move left. And then you find another card, which is move right. So you have to like use your hand of cards to make actions. And if you need to go like three spaces to the right in quick succession, um, and you only have left cards in your hand, you have to like shuffle and stuff. Hmm. So it's hmm. like, it's just weird luck-based puzzle stuff. Yeah, l- the puzzles ki- are kind of good. Kind of like Crypto the Necro Dancer. Except That's what I was kind of um, based instead of rhythm yeah, based. Yeah, but your actions are so limited by your by the hand. Right. Yeah. That sounds like one of the games that could be built out into a full version. I think it could. Um, if you if you actually play the game, you'll see it's like it's mostly random. Like the card aspect isn't really developed that that well, but um, the puzzles in it are really cool. So I think if they uh-huh. improve, uh, like how the how drawing cards works and how the hand works, it could actually be a really cool game. That's cool. And what was that one called? Picks. The Curse of Picks, okay. something like that. I'll look it up. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Anything else? Any other LD game you play? Jones and Bout? All right, well, let's, uh-huh. let's talk about Outlaw Mayor. <laughs> uh, Outlaw Mayor. I hope this wins first place. Um, it feels so good. Well, you know, Will has to actually rate a game in order to... No, he uh, doesn't. I mean, he technically doesn't. Because he has doesn't. 50 ratings He already. has 50 oh, ratings. Oh, damn. Well, it got, you know... It got retweeted by Itch.io on well, Twitter. They didn't, they didn't retweet it. They made they their own it. tweet. Yes, yes. Yeah. They like um, essentially front page it. Yeah. Well, I'd, I mean that that's happened before, and he still hasn't gotten that many ratings. But I wonder what happened this time. But this game just from the outset looks so appealing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, waiting on that waypoint article, Danielle. Come on. Ooh. Gotta get that. <laughs> get, gotta get another one. Uh, but so Outlaw Mayor, he said it's uh it's Sim City meets Pac Man. 
Yep. And so your car, driven by the mayor of this town, and he drives around in this this map that's just, you know, city streets. And kind of if, like if you had taken the Pac-Man screen yeah. and turned all the the little pathways into roads, mm-hmm. it translates really well. Like yeah. it already looks kind of like a cityscape. Yeah, but it's like an isometric camera, so you don't see the entire map at once. But there's a mini map that kind of tells you your position, and then yeah. the, and the ghosts are cop cars. So when they run into you, you blow up, and then you respawn. You have like three lives. Yeah. And then um, the SimCity part is like you have quests, and it's like build a hospital, build a house, and you have to build them. And um, sometimes it gives you a specific place, like build a house next to the hospital, build a tree not near a hospital, or whatever. Um, we don't build trees. <laughs> the trees well, just exist. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> you build next to a tree. Yeah, you, build next to a tree. Yeah, some yeah. of it's like build adjacent to a tree or don't build adjacent to another type of building. Yeah, but there's, as far as I can remember, no language in the game. It's all told through visuals yeah. until you get to the, the lose screen. Right, um, yes. There's <laughs> until, all this text. It's like, you sucks. You stop making games. Like, you're <laughs> worthless. You stink. <laughs> um, yes, it, says it also stink. says nice job. Yeah, like one out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I wonder how long it takes to crash the game with that because it doesn't stop. Right. It just constantly it, spawns. It that does text. stop at does a certain it? point. Uh, yeah, maybe like fifty just... or eighty. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw it get to an end point. Okay, so Will's tweet, his own, not itches, has five hundred likes. Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> it just probably just floated around. Yeah. Twitter. But he ma- he basically made the whole thing like Friday night because when I came in on. Saturday, but that's what he does. He had like already made the game basically, right. and then he, he spent the rest time. of the time making this awesome soundtrack. Yeah, that's like it's. A, it's a, <laughs> I, I'm gonna put. I asked Will's permission to put the song at the end of the episode, so the song's going on this Sweet. episode. Okay, Whoa. so we don't um, have to sing it. Yeah, wait, no, you can't infect the whole your whole <laughs> listening audience. <laughs> so dang catchy. It is really good. Oh, uh, it's just like he used Fruity Loops, he used FL Studio to make this this MIDI voice synth. It's this guy singing. Um, and it's also in the game because, like, when the when the little basically his equivalent to Doctor Wright pops up to tell you the next objective, which looks like Curtis, his oh, buddy. I thought I, it was supposed to look like uh, Will because he has the green glasses. Oh, I thought it looked like Curtis because the hair was short and the beard. And it, like when he popped up, I was You're like, right. is that, Will is that has Curtis? Long hair. Yep. And Will's like, uh, yeah, pretty much. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> but he goes brilliant every time he he pops up. Uh, it's such a good well-contained beautiful little game that looks like it's 3d but it's not because we'll use some hacks flexible magic yeah it's not something that's built into the engine it's this weird way of using layering pixel art to look like 3d and it rotates according to the camera space i don't really yeah, like it rotates opposite to the camera it's, it's just a parallax yeah right yes. so like instead of the further the the sprite is in the screen, it moves slower. It's like you just rotate the parallax, so it's pointing upwards, kind of. But he also has to do like like the the bottommost tile for like. So basically, how it works is it's a bunch of sprites that are stacked vertically, so it gives They're the like impression. Slices. Yeah, they yeah. give yeah, the impression yeah. of depth. But he also has to like, you know, make each subsequent sprite a little smaller so that you know you can actually see like the foreshortening and stuff and it's like going down right yeah like each sprite has to be inherently like pyramid ish yeah. shaped mm-hmm. yeah um, and they like vary between like i think you said like eight layers for like the skyscraper and then the radio tower is like 25 layers because of just how much it curves as it goes up 
Yeah, it's not like it on a very technical level, it's awesome. And then on the art and music level, it's awesome. And then the gameplay itself is super fun. And I want to like kill Will and take his powers from him because <laughs> it's amazing. It's really amazing. <laughs> wow. Can't wait till a couple months from now when this is in a, you this can is cut a that. An official court. <laughs> You're going to cut evidence. that part, right? <laughs> Just uh, cut that out. Yeah. If you listen to here, uh, the um, defendant, Ruthie Edwards. <laughs> admits to the crime that she later commits <laughs> on July 22nd, 2018. Um, wow, that's soon. <laughs> It'll be made into a movie. It sounds pretty premeditated, you know. Yeah. Kill Will. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, there it is. There's the episode title. I was waiting for when we'd get to it, but here we are. <laughs> Will's going to get this episode in his RSS. It's going to show up in Pocket Cast. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh okay all right cool awesome well um uh, LD LD forty one in the bag seemed like yep. a good time yep. um I'm excited to see who wins uh did you guys ever play the the Lumdari game from last Lumdari the winner that is which one was I don't that? remember it was, a, it was a rhythm based like um uh uh Shogunate Japan era game where you played a barber oh yeah. Um, that you had to like shave like the samurai or the shogun, so they'd come in and they'd be like in their boxers and there was and they would have randomly spawned patches of hair on their body, <laughs> and there was a rhythm, so it would play the rhythm of like when you had to hit the space bar and then you would get a line like a note highway, and then when you you had to hit space over top their hair and you would take your katana and you would slice the hair off, and then if you missed, it would be like give them a cut and they're like it'd be like a splurt of blood. Um, but then that was the entire game. But it looked really good. It had That's this awesome. Very sumi, you know, ink wash look to it. It was very cool. I like playing it. I think I think yeah. it won compo. Not, not not. I think it was a jam because I mean jam. I meant not yeah. not because DDR Kirby. I think did the music and then other people did art and programming. Right. Um, I was just but see that, that's why I didn't like this jams theme, which was two incompatible genres. Because like like see you just described that game and that like that's also two incompatible genres kind of like um, so many Ludum Dari games are already falling into this theme mm-hmm. that this theme kind of felt like. But is the theme not ever very good? special? Is the theme ever good? No, but mm-hmm. it it most of the themes um, provide some form of inspiration. A little better inspiration. I, I I can okay. Yeah. I kind of hate how stringent the dev base can be about. Oh, did it follow the theme? Like I think the yeah, theme, that's true. I think the theme category is the worst category in that you can vote on because it's like who cares? Like the theme exists for inspiration. It doesn't exist to like be. You know, if this game goes off, like so, someone makes a Loom Dari game and then it goes off and becomes wildly successful and they keep working on it uh, and they put it up on Steam or whatever, you think some user on steam's gonna be like but it didn't follow the little dari theme <laughs> that it was originally a game jam game for it's like, who cares yeah i would agree with that um yeah but like i don't know about you ruthie but for this one i spent probably the longest time coming up with a game idea than i ever have with oh, dari. yeah not me this one was really easy i really hate the ones that are more gameplay centric like you are the weapon or you are the enemy or all on one screen or whatever that kind of dictates the way the game is played 
Yeah. Rather than the the theme of the game yeah. or the I, concept. I like thematic themes. Yes. I don't like yeah. game, gameplay dictating themes. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't this gameplay dictating? In a way, but like a genre, like a genre outside of games is not, doesn't dictate yeah. a lot of the media. Like, romance is a genre, but it doesn't tell you how the game is played. Yeah, maybe. Necessarily. Like if, if you did like a really stringent genre like RTS. Yeah. Or turn or, or like first or, person shooter. Yeah, or, or turn based strategy, then like that really kind of yeah. narrows down the possibility space. Um I guess I also had an issue because I was specifically trying to make a game using the job system and the multi threaded mm-hmm. stuff. So I was like, all right, it needs to have like ten thousand objects at least. It's like what what kind of game can I make? Yeah, and like I was using VR as a structure, yeah. so I had to work around that. Yeah. So it's like we we impose our own themes on our games by default. Like Will's Will's idea was to use that fake three D right, stuff. Right. Yeah. Um which I also like I like constraints like that. Like when I did Train Jam, one of the teammates' constraints was it has to be multiplayer. Nice. And then, or Matt was like, it has to be multiplayer. And then Keaton was like, well, I don't like competitive multiplayer, so let's make it cooperative multi- multiplayer. Yeah. And so that already like puts yourself in a pretty nice box, like a you know a reasonable box, as opposed to something like like I really hate like I'm with you, Ruthie. Like you are the weapon is probably like the worst, one of my least favorite themes. You're the in- the enemy or whatever it is. Because it's it's yeah. it's I mean you could be really creative with it, but like you said, moment it was like take you forever. Friday night to be like, all right, how do how do I how do I flip the script on this theme? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, I really care about not doing the obvious thing. Yeah. So like in this um in this jam, a lot of people did you know a rhythm game combination with something else, which I think is like a little too obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, rhythm games are hot. Just ask harmonics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing well. Yeah. So I like I always like I always like to find like some alternate pun with the theme. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the the third or fourth interpretation of it. Um, but like I couldn't figure that out for this one at all. Like a good one I heard was that like instead of thinking of game genres, you think of you know like movie genres. Mm-hmm. So it's like oh, it's a western and a you know space opera or something. Yeah. Um, those are cool. That's those a good genres. mashup. Firefly, that's a really the game. good mashup. Yeah, yeah, Firefly, something like that. Um, but see, yeah, even even if you go that direction, like everything's kind of been done, everything obvious. I yeah, but know. everything's been done since you know fucking Shakespeare, probably before that. Yeah, but but that's <laughs> the thing. Like with Ludum Dari games, like we make original things still. That's what I like about it. Yeah, me too. If you get like a really bad theme or whatever, you're forced to kind of make something new, to to do something. You you know yeah to squeeze some life out of it. There's. That's I don't get into a lot of new games a because they take too much of my time. But they're you know like oh God of new God of War or new you know Assassin's Creed like all this stuff is kind of derivative of other things yeah. or sequels for the most part. But you go on Ludum Daria and there's over twelve hundred games that are completely original and downright bizarre, and it's really inspiring. I would contest contest the completely original point. Not 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 trying. Yeah, to- I mean, there's a lot of games that are just like. I made a platformer, but yeah, um, a lot, a lot are very derivative. But if you can tell that the dev was trying to be original, like they do something, yeah. Like yeah. if there's a negative, a good idea, but like, yeah. So I was thinking about what you were just saying about kind of originality and in, in in you know the theme trying to influence, they're trying to spur creativity. 
and I think a lot about how so like the first the first jam I did was for Connected Worlds and that's when I like did peak and then I remember playing a lot of games like during the the voting session and it's like all right sci-fi game sci-fi game spaceship right. sci-fi mm-hmm. sci-fi game I was like all right I get it you, you saw world and you're like planet and then I remember like the next one or two more Lumdaris after that and it's like all right time to vote again sci-fi themes sci-fi themes spaceship spaceship yeah. I'm like what is going on and I remember talking to Becca at at PAX so there was a GDC like um there was like a GDC competition right there were like multiple days where they did it was basically like the sh- shitty version of Shark Tank um but with like four game ideas and so these developers would do a pitch uh in in like the the career lounge area which was like a, like right next to All Control GDC and they would have all these judges and Becca was a judge for for one of the days and this guy and the part that really bothered her which i understand completely the guy was like he was pitching kind of like a kind of uncreative like sci-fi indie game um but he also said my game doesn't you know women don't want to play my game he just flat out said that and becca was like excuse me <laughs> what? like what like what does that even mean like and yeah, i'm a woman it's yeah i play games like what 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 statement are you making here um but we got talking because she was telling me about that encounter at during PAX and we were talking about how like like when I looked at Lumiari games I would see a lot of like uh, games that were were sci-fi themed or spaceship themed just because like you know for a lot of people that's kind of like immediately where their mind goes to yeah well you look at all the first video games that came out so many of them are space right and then I remember when I was doing like creative writing in at VCU and usually the professor would be like okay like for the first one let's just uh um write whatever you want just write a short story about whatever you want let's just get let's just get your mind moving and like inevitably a lot of people would write about homeless people for what? some reason <laughs> i yeah. thought you were gonna say space no no, no, no. they would write <laughs> about homeless people like orphans or no no, no. Just like homeless. i'm 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 a homeless person okay. i'm an adult male and i'm a homeless person i'm like i'm a, am a war veteran or i'm x y or z i've you know or i have a mental disability or if like i become destitute because of hard times or something like that and i always thought that was strange how that's how people would immediately gravitate towards that and i always thought it was strange how people would immediately gravitate towards sci-fi and maybe and this and this is completely anecdotal so i don't think you know i'm not out there and i haven't surveyed 500 people to see yeah, what their no. first short story is but i always thought that was weird like the things people default to yeah i think the same way i had a project where you had to write an article about yourself uh in 2050 mm-hmm. so we'd oh, be we'd be like 60 so like you're kind of at that age where you're maybe retiring or whatever but right. um it was like half the class, there's 50 people in the class and like half of them wrote about they're retiring or and a, and a lot of people wrote about how they were dead. And I was like, Whoa. that's what you want to be like At writing 60? about? Well, yeah. Not the only diabetes that, finally took hold of him. No, you'd be, <laughs> I'd be 70, right? And 2050? I don't know how old I am. So 2020 is in two years and then 2050 is 30 more years. I'd be years. 60. Okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, mine was like about how I was like king of the world and like I was making alternate reality television shows and like just weird right. sci-fi crap. And I thought more people would do that, but they're like, 
they, they're all like these articles in some local paper, like so and so is dead. I was like, <laughs> Sli- what? slipped and fell in the bathtub. Assuming that like a local paper still exists in thirty years, right? Yeah, or yeah, especially making them look like a newspaper. Mine, mine did look like the New Yorker, but it was like because they've had the same format forever and ever and ever. <laughs> just one guy, just like turning a hand crank. I think that the first line in mine was "No soup for you." And it was just like, I don't understand why people would want to write about them being dead or retiring. Like, that's so boring. But um, that's what they did. So, And I'm always surprised what pe- what the majority of people do. Because it's never what I would think. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's like, um, they just don't, um, it's like a low priority thing. So, like, if you're making a game for the first time and you're, you know, you know how to program, um, but you don't really know how to make sprites or music or anything... The last thing you want to do is spend all this time coming up with a cool theme for your game. So you just pick like something obvious. Mm-hmm. I guess I so. It's interesting. I don't. I, it's not like lazy necessarily. It's just like they don't prioritize originality that much. Um, and you can tell the devs who do prioritize originality because they come up with some cool stuff. Yeah. But then there's there's a very clear divide between the ones who just want to practice programming or practice sprites or something like that. I think it's different when you come at it from an artist's perspective. Totally mm. different. Yeah. Because my first game was like all art and story. Right, like right, right. Like no programming. <laughs> but- right. Yeah, so for you, for your first game, the the story and the presentation and the concept was everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, this the, was this the game with the... Uh, That's the- Teddy and his cat. Teddy and his cat. It's like a... Oh, the comedy one. Yes, it's yeah, like a one, click and pick comedy. Yes. Yeah, number one humor. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> never forget. <laughs> <laughs> My claim to fame. I know. I feel like I'll never get first place ever again. So I have to like cling on to that one. But <laughs> you do the little laurels on like your website and one of them is got number one in comedy. Yeah. Lumdari. I would. I would put that. Hell yeah. But. Yeah. But yeah, it's like if you're an artist or if you have some sort of critical thinking background, like any any creative field. I feel like you come at it from such a better standpoint. And yeah. like I get sometimes people get really down on themselves like, "Oh, I have an art degree." But there's something just priceless about being able to think critically and make unique things that I, I love. Yeah. But I think a lot of Ludum Dari devs specifically um like success for them is just making something that compiles. Yeah, that's and they can like oh, press a button. That's totally I, valuable. Which is cool. I can, yeah, I can, I can relate. So they like they don't they don't <laughs> care about the style or the theme or anything. Yeah, I yeah. think that I think that's why so much Ludum Dare ends up so um, similar like that. Interesting. Did he, uh, did Mangor do? do he did one? not. He didn't. No. Yeah, I didn't see him talking about it, so I was curious. Yeah, he was saying. Well, I don't know exactly why, but he didn't like the theme either. Mm. Yeah. I just talked to him. I want to get him on. Uh, I was talking to him about getting him on. When, when Sam and I had dinner with him, uh, uh, cool. No, it was fun. He was he was cool. <laughs> I liked him. Um, like obviously I knew who he was, but I, I I didn't have like kind of the stars in my eyes. I was like, oh cool, get talk to another right. another dev. Um, you're not in the fanboy club. Ah, <laughs> uh, the fandom, boo fandom, any sort of fandom. Uh, well, uh, have you guys been playing any? Real video games, <laughs> not yeah. I just talked about I am Tree. <laughs> yeah, Come on. have you been playing anything else outside of uh, outside of the jam space? I played a couple of games on Congregate because I was like, I have half an hour. That's not really long enough to 
really play anything, so I, I always hop on Congregate. I realized it's almost my 10th anniversary on there. Um, Moment yeah. makes fun of me because I have a ridiculous number of badges and points on there. <laughs> like it tur- It's like I've played something like 350 games, 400 games. Something like that. That's a lot of I games. have a thousand badges, and each game has see, two or three badges. I've been there. I've been on there for ten years as well, but I stopped. <laughs> no, I, I've been there. I've been. There. I, yeah. yeah, but I stopped like six years ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like anytime. Oh, my After Effects files rendering. Let me hop on Congregate and play uh, a game for five minutes. That's um, interesting. I never really used Congregate, but it exposes you to a lot of games, kind of like Ludum Dari, but year round. Um, yeah. but with a, a little better quality. That's yeah. cool. Um, but. Woman told me there's a companion being released next week called Ruthie, and I yep. have to get it. What I'm, is it? What's what's the animal again? I forgot what it looks it's like. It's a dog. It's like a dog a with dog? a bandana, like a oh. golden retriever, standing no on two legs. Did it have? I've, it didn't have wings. I thought it had wings. I don't think it has. No, wings. it was just hovering. I okay. think. Okay. Aloft. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. By That's, holy light. Yeah, not, I, I don't know what a companion is, but they just sent me this email. Yeah. Uh, well, have you heard of Neopets? I have, and if it's they not like if they have like a Neopet congregate thing, I'm in. It is nothing like Neopets. It's uh, <laughs> so every week they release like a companion, and there's a badge of the day. And if you get three badges of the day in a week, you get a companion. And if you get five badges of the day, you get the shiny companion. Ooh, wow. um, so it's Pokemon. Yeah, and they're only good in maybe one or two games. Oh, you can use them in games? <laughs> yeah, you can use them as power-ups in one game. <laughs> Is it a congregate game? Yeah. Yeah. Like their card game or something? I remember they I had don't one. Remember they're, they're trying one. to really push that card game. It was an odd game. It had like pathways, like upgrades. I have no idea what it was. It might as well be a clicker game because I really don't remember. But um, yeah, they're kind of just like collectibles and I have a million of them for no reason. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I went to I went to open my phone to go look at the the congregate news and and it opened back up to salty bet, and the, <laughs> and the current fight is this guy. He looks like some sort of robot, and then he's fighting this guy that's just a a profile. Like it just looks like an eight bit drawing of a guy in profile, <laughs> or not in profile, but like looking oh, at yeah. the camera. So it's like the doom jumbo Ozaki. Yeah, it's just a picture <laughs> just of a guy head. and his mouth opens. There was a uh, character that's just a like a photorealistic head of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the next one. <laughs> but like the guy, the guy looks like the Doom Marine portrait or something in original Doom, where he's just like looking at the camera and he just slides around them. Yeah, not no arms or legs <laughs> or anything. Okay, um, sorry. Um, so, so what have you been playing on on the old Congregate? Oh, I don't even know. That's the thing. You hardly ever remember what the games Some are. Some idle game that you just futz yeah, with there, for a couple minutes. Yeah, there was an idle game. I kind of, I'll play those for a couple seconds just to kind of get the gist of what it's like and then I'll close out of it. Um, there was one that was like Color Puzzle. Color Puzzle? It's a new game. I thought it was really well designed and um, it was like, you get a badge if you complete 50 levels and I was like, oh God, that's so many levels. But they were really, really short and I enjoyed that. It only took me like thirty minutes to beat the whole game. So badges are just achievements in the in the congregate sphere. Yes, yeah. exactly. Cool. They have a really good meta system though with badges. Like Newgrounds added badges as well, but um, they don't have this like meta RPG thing. 
So well, that's what you need now, right? Because yeah. like back in the 360 days, it was just like, oh, Chivos, just give me them sweet, sweet gamer points. And then Sony's like, I'm gonna do it. And Valve was like, we're gonna yeah. do it too. And then by that point, I was like, oh, I'm bored now. Don't want to yeah. do it anymore. But, but like Congregate, even from the beginning, I think before Xbox achievements, or maybe around that time, they had this like RPG meta, and it uh, it got like it kept the flash it game industry like going mm-hmm. really strong. I think kept it afloat. Yeah, because like people would, and I would do it too. I would just play for badges and stuff, and you'd find yeah. a lot of really cool games. That's cool. I think now they're finally on Xbox letting uh, gamer points be used as currency for like avatar cosmetics. I might be misremembering that. I could have sworn I saw a headline about that. I had one cosmetic on my Xbox character and it was a carrot that I got from a Subway cup. <laughs> okay. I'm Wait, not... it was like a carrot they held or is it like a carrot hat? It was like a, like a buddy. That hovered next to him. Okay. Wow. Maybe that was PlayStation. I don't remember. Well, there's uh, no avatars is... in PlayStation. You don't have an avatar. Well, the, I, the, the, the PlayStation, PlayStation, home. PlayStation Home. Oh, oh, the glorious <laughs> PlayStation Home. What no, is... I don't even remember. I don't, this stuff's like so pointless. I don't know. I don't even remember which one it was, but Play, yeah. PlayStation Home was like second life practically because yeah. you had to like go you into hang out a separate and, like, thing. I remember people hanging out around a fountain and talking to each other. I don't know what the point. I remember of that going was. to a theater and you could watch E3 <laughs> on a on a screen oh, inside your screen. Oh, so it was like super grainy, and then there's like kids screaming curse words everywhere. Cool, great, awesome, yeah, perfect. It's great. It's and it's just like E3. Just it's like just E3. like sitting in at the just at like the press sitting conferences. at the yeah. It's so dumb. Uh, is, is that better or worse than the thing now where you can put a Vive on and just watch Netflix inside the Vive in your fake virtual living room? So, have you tried the VR Netflix? No, I haven't. No. It's, it's surprisingly... It, it'll hurt your eyes, but it's surprisingly effective. Yeah? Yeah. Like, the resolution isn't there, but just the small head movements that you get and the little 3D effect make it feel pretty good. But... Uh, but why though yeah. is the question is why, why? <laughs> sure all right fair enough why why not um well since you brought oh you have do you have a list do you have yeah. something you've, you've tried so one of the games that um or some of the games i really like on congregate are by this guy i had to look up his name bart bonte um their handle is bonte games and they're like pretty poorly drawn games. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is this hideous game? But it's <laughs> it's he makes these games with his kids. Okay. And they're um they're kind of simple puzzle games where it's like you're in a house and you have to find the key to unlock this cabinet, and then you have to find the code to type in the phone. I don't know if there's a name for that type of game. Kind of like those old like the Crimson Room uh, yeah. escape, escape room. room type games. Um, but a more simplified version of that. I don't think I ever beat Crimson Room without cheating. Um, but they're, yeah, just kind of like crudely drawn cats and stuff like that. All right. Um, but he comes out with one like every Christmas and everyone's like, yay, it's a Bonte game. And there's Hooray. like, just like, because people in Congregate and everywhere else on the internet can be really nasty about like, I paid $20 for this game and I only spent two hours playing it, blah, blah, blah. And these are literally free games that they 
put on there out of like the goodness of their hearts and maybe they make some ad money, but they're free games and people are just brutal. They're like, this game sucks. <laughs> but when a Bonte game goes up, everyone's like, yay, these games are awesome. Even though on the outside, they look like really like amateurish. <laughs> amateurish, I guess. But I really love, yeah, just their attitude and their positivity and I wonder, stuff. I wonder if you have to cultivate an audience like that. Like, I wonder if like him being, I, I assume he's really nice. If, if his audience is really nice. Um, I wonder if that, you know, pays dividends down the road or. You have to. I'm sure it does. Forcibly, you know, moderate your your fan base very carefully, and you have to remove anyone that might be be a, a liability to to the rest of the group. When I was on Newgrounds a lot, like over ten years ago, that definitely was the case. Like you had some people who were really famous, and the stuff they made was like it was it was good, but it wasn't like amazing. But they just had this really strong following. That would just defend them. I just all think, the time. Yeah. I just think about Mr. Rogers' videos on YouTube and how, like, if you look at the comment section of Mr. Rogers' video, it's everyone's like, "Missy, Mr. Rogers, love, love watching this show. It's yeah. one of my favorite shows." And then you'll just see one guy. It's like, did he touch the kids? And then you see everyone just dogpile on that person, yeah. being like, "Shut the <laughs> yeah, fuck exactly. up, get out of here. You don't talk about Mr. Rogers like that." Um, so just curious, like, and obviously Mr. Rogers wasn't on friggin' YouTube, like, you know, moderating his his vids, so. It, the persona he no, gave No, but out. he literally never said a bad thing about anyone. Right. He was, yeah. He, in a way, he did cultivate that fan base. By the way, he was. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious. Well, that, that's, the same how, that's how memes work. Like, we see it most often in, in the negative sense, where it's like a meme to hate on someone and pile on someone. But yeah. Punching down It definitely meme. applies in a positive sense as well. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Not that it's like undeserved for Mr. Rogers or Bob Ross or whatever, but that is how the 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 idea that these are like wholesome, perfect people, that's how it spreads, I think. Got it. Makes sense. Um well speaking of Congregate, did you guys hear the news about Congregate's cartridge yeah. revenue sharing thing? Um I'm into it. I cool. Yeah, I am too. Um I was curious what your take was on a moment. Um so basically, uh, devs, if they publish through on Cartridge, which is Congregate's upcoming platform, uh, they get 100% of the revenue up to the first $10,000. And then if they choose to be exclusive, they get 100% of the revenue for the first 10000 and then 90% of the next, or up, up to, to 40000 so for the first ten thousand, they get one hundred percent of the revenue, and then after that, they get ninety percent of the revenue up to forty thousand. Then uh -huh. after that, it's whatever their regular rev share terms are, which yeah. I assume is the standard thirty percent. Okay, I thought it was one hundred percent up to forty thousand mm -hmm. if you did exclusive. Okay, that's even less attractive then. Yeah, I don't know why someone would choose exclusivity like that, unless Congregate specifically is going to advertise your game. Uh, also, you can opt out of exclusivity at any point. So you could wait till you get to four thousand and one, and then just flip the switch. Even yeah, though, that's true. But like, you would have to think about, you know, how what's their how popular is their platform going to be, and you have to think about how popular your own game is going to be. Because if you said, okay, I'm going to be exclusive up to forty grand, well, what if it takes you a year to be to get to forty grand, and then you just spent all that time where you could have 
also right. been you know simul release on steam and itch yeah and yeah mm-hmm. and you have you only have this one critical mass release ever so if you when if you do the if you do a exclusive release on cartridge you're going to burn all your ex, all your release energy on that and then you can release again on steam and other places but it's not going to be as strong um i'm curious how many people are going to take that deal and if they're reading yeah. reading into it well enough where it's like oh man 100% of the revenue yeah i'll take that um I don't know. i'm curious about cartridge uh are you excited at all for cartridge ruthie yeah um like i said 10 years on congregate ready for the next level just thinking about their base right now who are like i'm gonna log into this website and play a quick web game as long as it's as streamlined as it is now and has that sort of achievement system i think it's gonna be great because the people that like congregate like the achievement system um and uh yeah, they could really milk that. Like Steam does an okay job of having the levels and the cards and that kind of stuff, that like meta game of being on Steam. Like Steam is right. a game. Um The cards are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm into it. I play Steam like card and badge stuff more than I do actual games sometimes. You play Steam or Steam play you? Oh. <laughs> well, I've spent $0 on any of it, so. So take that. I don't Valve. know what that means. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's cool. I hope it's really easy to use. That's all I have to say. I love the branding. I think the branding is great. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're rebranding Congregate to be the same kind of purple and sleek sleekness. Oh, yeah. I don't know well, if I, think, I had actually I think they're, seen they're this. They're keeping Congregate as like the web and mobile. Oh, okay. And then cartridges is going to be more the, uh, the, PC console. The desktop app. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to console, but I think they want to i assumed it was just like a like another itch competitor kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it'd be cool if they ported i mean how hard would it be to make a a siloed app that also has a web view where you could just boot into the congregate site and play their web games too i feel like that wouldn't be yeah too difficult yeah i feel like at least a quarter of the people on the site are kids playing games at school yeah <laughs> so that's that's when i played congregate yeah exactly that's when everybody starts playing congregate when i had two and a half hours of computer class a day to just sit what? there and play congregate that's ridiculous Damn. that's how i got all my points in four years or whatever or i guess it was, <laughs> it was like two and a half years i but, uh oh you were there when when we were talking to austin and patrick from waypoint yeah. and we were talking about how tom fault came to global that one year and then one kid was like what do you think of e-bombs world oh yeah <laughs> Uh, and we said that was that, really funny. We said that Austin Patrick and they were both just kind of like, "Oh God, I haven't heard that. I don't think I've ever heard that name said out loud." Like, whoa, yeah. It's yeah. that that section of the internet's so weird to me because I spent a shit ton of time on Newgrounds in like middle school, like fifth, yep. fifth, yep. probably fifth through eighth grade. I'm gonna say, um, but it was all I just watched cartoons. I watched the Flash animation. Uh, see, I was Newgrounds is how I got into animation and. Mm-hmm digital art yeah so like, i didn't I, play it was, any of the games i was a uh, i didn't play a lot really? of the games there yeah i was mostly there for the animations so but <laughs> i was a, definitely a power user <laughs> i would do i would just do the front page every day all oh, really? the featured games most of the featured uh animations but I would, I would, yeah i was in the portal that was my homepage. i would do the portal here and there for sure portal's my portal? homepage. that's where you vote on like new games 
the new stuff would get submitted every day. There was at yeah. least like 200 things to be submitted every day that you could vote on. Well, <laughs> so I tried doing yeah. the portal for a bit and then I tried to like blam some things and it didn't work. And then I got the garbage whistle and I was like, ah, screw this. I'm just going to, I'm going to stick to the front page. <laughs> Speaking a separate a language than me. Whistle. I have a garbage, if you go on my profile right now, Aww. it still is a garbage whistle. <laughs> I have like platinum whistle or whatever. I, 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 I oh, blamed okay. like two okay. things. You don't get that from or I, blaming. You I, get that I from reporting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought it was legit. I was like, all right. I don't know how I feel about. Blam? <laughs> well, bla- well, no, I like blam. Like this, <laughs> like just the word blam That's, is great. Yeah. No, the concept that you're rewarded a, 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 cosmetic whistle if you report people feels like it would have the tendency to get a lot of false positives no so the way that it works is if you whistle something then the moderators end up deleting it then you get rewarded but if they end up Uh. clearing it you get garbage whistle yeah (laughs) and your like your whistle stops working at that point you still have that i still have it because i stopped i stopped (laughs) trying to do the whistle after I got the garbage whistle. That's so good. we learned that if you if enough people whistled it, it would get taken down automatically. Oh, so yeah. we would abuse that. Oh, uh, so you do like mass whistling? Yes. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> wow. Exactly. So young. So young when mass these when whistling. these tactics started. Mass voting, mass whistling, blam abuse. You see back back then. All right. So back then it's like the stakes were so low. Like obviously the stakes were important to someone, but Nowadays, it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna review bomb this Amazon yeah. book because I don't like the author. Oh like, yeah, it's gotten so vile. With I don't these think tactics. anyone was making money on Newgrounds back then. There's oh. moments garbage whistle. Yeah. Let me see the garbage whistle. It's just a stinky whistle. It's and got... I'm like security patrol or something. Oh, that's like level oh, zero. Yeah, it's not even. But level it, well, it's one. not. It's not level zero. It's like level, level one. one. That's not. I was expecting a better image. I was expecting like it's covered in like I thought, mold I think, and, and yeah, I thought and it had flies and, and stuff. Gum. I mean, there's like some stink lines. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that image has been there for twelve yes, that, solid twelve thirteen. That, years. That's kind of a low at low res PNG there. So yeah. <laughs> whistle colon garbage. That was next gen like back in the day. Uh that's good. What's portal security? I forgot what that was. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. We're really digging deep into the 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 game, the web game portals I, of old. I have the game developer icon now, so ooh, fancy man. Since we're on the topic of uh, uh what? what I'm Supreme Commander. <laughs> oh, I see Ruthie's Jesus. <laughs> Twenty thousand blams, eleven thousand saves. I want to see. I want to see Ruthie's uh, global rank two hundred thirty five. Yeah, I was I was in the top one hundred, but I haven't. I haven't voted on anything in like six years at least. I want to see your platinum whistle. I was. Oh, it's uh, gold. Man, these whistle illustrations I, are, are are lacking. Yeah, well, they were designed in like 1999 or something. And Tom Fulp was like 15. Yeah, uh-uh. anyway. I think Psycho Goldfish drew them, maybe. They did get redrawn that at like a, a certain name. point. It used to be that if you, if you gave things, if you tended to give things a lower rating, you would get a red aura, and if you tended to give things yeah, a higher rating, you'd get aura. you'd get the angelic aura, like evil or angelic. Right. But then people were kind of like, "Well, I want the red aura, so I'm just gonna downvote everything." <laughs> yeah, I think they they changed it so you can just pick your aura color now. Yeah, it's a site that's rules have shifted around frequently to adapt to what people are doing and what they want and how they're abusing things. And interesting. 
Um, so since we're talking, since we're on the topic of game platforms and we talked about congregate, uh, did you guys hear about the other big platform news that valve did? Steam spy is sort of back. Oh, is no? it? Did yeah. You have an update to that. I didn't know yeah, anything about that. There was an update today. Maybe that, um, Sergey, the guy that runs it has found a new way to, to crawl data, game sales and stuff. He said mm. using machine learning, I don't what? necessarily <laughs> know what that means, but he said it's it's like within plus or minus 10% accuracy or something. Still so pretty big. Still not that accurate, <laughs> but um, something like that. I have an interview coming up uh, pre-recorded that I did with Mike Rose uh, where we talk about Steam Spy. Cool. Um, and he has some interesting things to say or other ways you can get that data. One of the yeah. examples he had was user reviews. Um, oh yeah. If yeah. you look at quantity as well as quality of user reviews on Steam, that can help uh, give you some vital data. So maybe that's what Sergey's using I'm for not, Steam yeah, Spy. Yeah, I'm not really sure. And I thought it was interesting. I thought the the changes in Steam's API were because of the um, GDPR, the European like security yeah. law thing. Are they not? But no, it wasn't. Really? Yep. What is it? Why they did it? They just <laughs> Steam Fuck just did Steam it. Spy. Well, no, St- Steam change their api oh okay which is so, why which steam is spy inconsequential can't. for they just did it anyway they, yeah the okay. gdpr well, no, I, I heard they didn't really remove any features that steam spy needed they just turned an option right so, on so, by default so it used to be your vis you your game library used to be visible by default and now it's opt-in instead of opt-out and yeah. that's what steam spy was using the crawl to get the information yeah which i thought would be a part of the GDPR, all this new privacy stuff. That's what I thought too. You've probably been getting emails from like all of your social media, like (laughs) we've updated our terms and services. We really care about your privacy. But Steam has not done that yet. Um, The laws don't go into effect until sometime during May. Yeah. So it was not because of that, which I thought was interesting. It's so hilarious, those emails though. It's like, oh, all of these web companies all of a sudden decided that they cared about my privacy and data. Yeah. It's so strange. What could, wow, it must have been a real turn of heart for the tech industry. Yeah, and I'm not about to yeah. read 400 pages of, of terms of service. EULAs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, no, I was going to talk about how Valve bought Campo Santo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. was a thing that I was interested in. Um, I mean, th- there's not a lot. Uh, no, most of it's speculation at this point of like, Oh, oh they're making a game. Can't wait till they put hats in Firewatch. Uh, but the... No. Well, I think that the discussion's like, is it going to be like all the other studios that they bought where they'll fund the one game and then they'll cannibalize the studio and... I mean... If, there if, won't be any other Campo Santo. If that's the case, that would kind of suck. And I mean, like, you know, if, if Campo Santo in name, which I'm not even sure if they if they acquired the studio or just bought the talent because uh, i don't know because yeah. it said uh, because the, cause the mm-hmm. press release was campo santo is joining valve it wasn't camp uh, valve acquires campo santo hmm. so that so i don't know if that implies any sort of like i don't know if sean vanneman and jake rockin and all of them get like some sort of like huge buyout like payout because of this um but i think if, if, if it just turns out that they, they acquire all this talent and then they only make in, in the Valley of Gods and then that's it, that would suck. Yeah. Um, I feel like my own impression is I feel like that wouldn't be the case because if that were the case, then Valve wouldn't have bought them 
period because Valve's making so much money. I feel like this is like a mindshare thing, right? Like this is like a this is like a uh, for the fans kind of kind of acquisition because you know everyone's been wanting Fallout or not Fallout Half Life Three for forever, right? Portal Three, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think this means Campo Santo is making <laughs> Half Life oh, no. Three. Yeah, no, no. I don't I think do, anyone thinks that. I do think it means that they are now going to start ramping up to making those types of games mm-hmm. so you know in the valley of gods is going to now become is going to be a valve game so do you think like i think whatever comes after that is going to be something in the vein do of, you think there's a team at valve who's trying to make this like deep deeply written single player experience and then they realize like oh we need some writers to do that. Well, yeah, because like and they're like, oh, and all Eric of their left, all, right? their all their writers left, yeah. to make Old Man Murray again or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, I think. So I, do you think they were looking for some writers and they're like, all right, Campo Santo, they got some writers. I think they're looking for writers and just like general d- d- talent. Like, I don't yeah, think that, that single player narrative driven yeah. mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't yeah, think, I don't think they're gonna well, grab you know Sean Vanaman and be like, all right, now write d- Dota da- dialogue and have fun. No. But, okay, but here's the thing. Because that's what Eric Wolpar was doing. Yeah, but here's the thing. When they bought the Portal team, they let them finish Portal, and then they made Portal 2, and that's it. And now they're making hats or Dota, whatever. Well, Kim Swift is, you know, to the wind. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, she went to Amazon, and then now she's doing her own thing. Or she's right. somewhere else. I'm, she might be, like, Ubisoft or somewhere. Right. Or Square Enix. And then, like, Turtle Rock was the same way like right, they finished left, left for, for dead. dead and then they did left for dead 2 and then they got dissolved split up whatever so i think i mean it's only natural to expect that campo santo they're going to finish in the valley of the gods they make whatever they're going to make another game and then after that the team will be dissolved in valve and then maybe sean vanman's going to leave maybe some other people are going to th- leave maybe I think jane ing is going to leave yeah i, I think if that were the case i think top brass of campo santo would leave i think Sean yeah. and Jake would leave and yeah. just make but Campo even, Santo 2 and then... Even like the other talent, like Jane, the environmental artist, right. or Chris Remo. Um, like, that's what happens when these studios get acquired by Valve. It gets split up because the company's like this fluid kind of thing. Um, like, the, the the studios don't stay in one piece. I'm just... So yeah. It gets, it gets was, broken up and then people that. just leave individually. I'm, I'm just basing yeah. it off my own intuition... Yeah. Where, like, look, like, I agree with you because, I mean, in Valve, I feel like Valve is, Valve doesn't ruin studios the way EA ruins studios, right? Exactly. Like, EA, you know, they don't buy, like, uh, uh, a Bioware or, uh, or a PopCap or whatever and just, like, run them into the ground. Right. And, and Bioware is not run to the ground, but, like, Mass Effect Andromeda is kind of a, a symptom of a larger problem at EA. But the, you know... It's not the worst fate. To, no, no, definitely not. To, to be acquired by Valve and then make two or three amazing games, yeah, and then that's it, and then you just you cut and run. I think that would stink, um, but I feel like, and this is my own intuition. I feel like what Sean and Jake have gone through, you know, being at Telltale, and like being at Telltale when it was bad for the workers if you've read that polygon right up where it talks about like right. the way the workers they were treated to leave that to take a risk after seeing wild success with left for dead season one to leave that 
and try their own thing, which was super risky and have, have it do really well, you know, in their, in their, you know, blog posts, it's like we had long talks with, with valve, which I don't know if that means they had long talks with Gabe Newell or they had long talks with a different representative at valve and they saw that their, uh, priorities aligned. And so did they, they decided to take, I don't think they would have made this choice if, if they figured that it would be, if they would be on the same directory trajectory as a Kim Swift's team or turtle rock. Now mm. I might be completely wrong, but I feel like comparing this scenario to what, you know, valve was a decade ago, you know, it's just, they have fuck you money. Like they have fuck you money. Like they have no reason to acquire the studio except for their own benefit of like, we want to do right by players. And I know that's a super optimistic way of looking yeah. at this, but like, well, it's like you said, they need the talent. That's specific. They want the yeah. talent, and, and yeah. the Campus Santa team is super talented. So the, the, there's, they, there's, I don't know. I I feel like, I feel like this seems like a turning point for Valve in terms of like getting back to single player narrative focus yeah. kind of kind kind of games. And I would like to see it last longer. I would like to see that t- that talent last longer than one or two games. And I feel like it would. Just because, like, if Valve just keeps repeating that and churning through people like that, I just, I mean, what's the gain? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you completely, and I I want to be that optimistic, but I just think I know what you, you I just, know. I just think yeah. it's following you're a similar pattern. It. Yeah, you're basing yeah. off of past actions. Um, I understand that. It's like just, you said, this is like a really good deal for Camposanto. Like that. Like even if they do end up getting kind of split up in Valve, it's still like super good like they have all this creative freedom now and financial freedom whatever i mean it's still um, risky because they ha- all have to move up to seattle now yeah um that's true where they were all based out of san francisco or most of them were based out of san i mean francisco. that's like probably lessening the risk i don't know how much cheaper i mean obviously seattle's it's, cheaper it's definitely not oh it's way cheaper but yeah. It, yeah. it's not way cheaper <laughs> yeah like, it is <laughs> isn't it? yes yeah. i thought amazon was like buying that city left and right and like yeah, shooting up the real estate not that big there's of a still city. so much space yeah seattle's yeah. pretty small well, i guess because valve isn't technically in seattle right there no they're in bellevue in Red, yeah oh they're Which, in bellevue okay if i have a friend who lived in bellevue and he has a literal mansion that he bought for like 160k <laughs> but how long ago uh two three years ago really yeah, yeah. wow and i'm telling you it's a mansion like i walked through that house like four times i don't know how many doors there are there's too many doors. If to I can't count the doors. Yeah, that's my definition. How many of a doors mansion. are in this yeah. apartment? Moment. Um, there's like <laughs> this there's apartment one is here. too big. This there's apartment is a mansion. There's maximum four. Six. All right. Oh, well, I don't count this door. You don't. Th- that could technically be two doors. That do you, could technically be two doors. But do you count this closet? No. No, I mean like rooms. That's what I mean. Rooms. <laughs> oh, how many rooms? How many rooms? One, one, two, two and then like three. kitchen. Two. Three, four. If you count and the bathroom. Bathroom. Okay, bathroom. Okay, yeah, four. Yeah, return house. Yeah. It's going to be four rooms. You can count that on your hand. I couldn't even... There, there's no amount of body parts that I had to count <laughs> yeah. the number of rooms in this guy's house. Start including no, But anyway, the point is, the point is, it's it's pretty cheap over there. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know. It's I, not, I, I mean, it's no Richmond, but it's... Sure. But I was given the impression yeah. that like Seattle and the surrounding areas was like slowly creeping up to, you know, Austin or yeah. NYC yeah. levels. No, not... Not nearly like New York or anything. If you're anyway. staying in like the Amazon campus, right where they're cannibalizing the, everything. The campus Santas. <sighs> Maybe. But <laughs> the Amazon Campo. 
Amazon Campo Santo. Anyway, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start and clean that. You know what Campo Santo is? You know what that means? It's like the Italian phrase for like a graveyard. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like some like hmm. holy site okay. or something. Sounds. Not- oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, like if you get the high rise apartments in the middle of Seattle, of course it's gonna be expensive. But there's no real reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Unless you live at Amazon, you want like the cred or whatever. Right. Whereas in San Fran, the minimum bar of living in that city is, you know, 3000 a month or whatever. Yeah. That felt pretty good, though, walking around, talking to people at GDC who live there. And I'm oh, like, yeah. how much do you spend on rent? Well, let me tell you how much I spend. Yeah, like I bought a house <laughs> in Richmond. And then, and then I split that in half with my girlfriend. Yeah. Mm. So this is how much I'm actually spending. I know. My first apartment, the rent here was $400. Yeah, we pay it's like nothing. We pay like 430 each. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so cheap. Yeah, you tell people, it's like, it's oh, yeah, I pay, I pay like 3500 and they're like, oh, a month? That's pretty good. No, a year. <laughs> no, yeah. like, what? <laughs> a whole year. Yeah. I was talking to my friend Allison who lives uh, in a high rise, like right next to the Boston Convention Center. So you Ooh. literally look out her window and the Boston Convention Center is right there. So she's still living there next year. I think we're going to crash at her place. Yes. But I was like, how much do you spend on this place? And they, and so it's her, her husband, and then they have two roommates who I think are also a couple. Um, and the other couple is moving out. And so she's like, yeah, my like entire paycheck is going towards rent wow. and utilities for oh, this thing. So bad. So I guess they're living off of, you know, her yeah. husband's paycheck outside of that. Uh, anyway. Yeah. N- nope. N- not a fan. Not a fan. Money's cool. I like having money. To I do. Spend I on like things. having money. I got my Money's tax return. Cool. Tax return. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good it was times. like a single paycheck. That means like, you, uh, you overpaid. You're getting fleeced. God damn yeah. it. God damn. Yeah. You got to raise up those you, withdrawals. Who's like, well, I got a lot back because it's like mortgage interest deductions. Yeah. I like maxed out. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I maxed so it's out. not like I paid it in the first place. Well, you did. If you got it back, that means you did pay it somewhere. It's, it's somewhere. coming from somewhere. Yeah. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing out of your yeah. pocket. It's not magic. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah. a tax return isn't magic. Mm, the, uh, I had to pay like a crap ton because I didn't. I'm I like, used to, yeah. I'm when self-employed. I was, yeah, I used to when I was self-employed. Wait, now too. technically? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so okay. if, if you're self-employed, you have to pay quarterly estimates of your yes. taxes. Yeah. And I didn't. Uh-oh. So I just yeah, paid my whole year of taxes. That's like It's like 30% too. It's like a lot. Yeah. It can, it can be. Yeah. So mine came out to 38% of net income. God damn. Yeah, taxes. So if, if you imagine what you make in a year, imagine... Taking thirty eight percent of that and paying yeah, it. Yeah, so you had to s- it on one day. It's just like that a away. punch yeah. to the gut. Yeah, I, yeah. I expected it though because it's not. I mean, I've done this before. But that's technically to your benefit because you could have invested that throughout Correct. the year and made interest on it. Yes. yes. Yeah, but then you have which, to pay capital gains. But you have yeah, to. Yeah, but be, it's still worth it. Sure. Especially if you do like Bitcoin or something. Yeah, I was about to say go back <laughs> yeah. to crypto, baby. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to <laughs> Dylan's a, financial yeah. podcast. Crypto, crypto market watch. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, if I feel like I'm being fleeced anywhere, I feel like I'm being fleeced by these fucking online tax return filing. Oh, definitely. Fuck these guys. I use I use <laughs> I use Credit Karma, and Credit Karma is completely free on everything. Yeah. Um, and then TurboTax. I constantly like I use TurboTax one year, and I didn't pay for it, right? So I only did my my federal tax uh filing through them, and now I fucking get like an email 
when go, going up to to tax day, it was like, hey, we have everything prepped for you. You ready to come and file your tax return? I'm like, nope, because you know I need to do state too, and you charge me like fifty bucks to do that, and that's basically my state return. So right. who cares? It's not this difficult. It's it's friggin' it's a it's a two forms. I have a form for my my W two, and then I'm a, I have the fucking uh, what's the other one? Uh, I I nine or what? Why I had yeah my like, tuition yeah. why well, my tuition one um, oh. because like I maxed out uh the credit on that because like if you pay interest on your student loans I think it's like up to like twenty five hundred uh, credit or something Tax something credit, like that something like that yeah do your taxes yeah, yeah I've, I've after these few years I've noticed and I'm looking at my tax returns and I'm like. You know, there's a lot of boxes on here, but you don't use most of them. Right. It's just there to intimidate you. Yeah, it's pretty simple. But still, I still just let a professional do it because like... They're going to find you more money somewhere. That too. But also like if something bad happens, I don't want to have to explain it. I'm going to (laughs) be like, that dude did it. It's his problem. This is purchased made from Colombia and South America. What is this about? No, it's a... Candy. Chocolate, the Colombian candy. Yeah, they got good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a big, there was a big pop up when I was doing it, where it was like, "Did you make any purpose uh, purchases online that you didn't pay sales tax on?" And I'm like, "Yeah, fucking no." Like, do I keep track of that? Who keeps track of that? Every single online purchase. I do get those Amazon emails. It's like you should pay sales tax in your state for this two ninety nine thing that you bought. Like, I don't. Who do I pay? I don't even know. Well, like, Amazon's Amazon's the tax started, man. Amazon started taking taxes for Virginia. Yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I figured they were doing. But that. there, there was a time where they weren't when taking they didn't sales have tax. the factory here or the the warehouse here. Right. Yeah. It was when, before they had the yeah. warehouse. They didn't charge tax on it. But you still had really? to pay. It's called used tax. You still have to pay. You had to declare it yourself. Yes. But no, literally, but no, one, no one, did. one did it. Yeah. Everyone was like, "Woo, tax free!" Mm. Right, which is going across state lines getting, and like getting these fireworks it, and getting the free Amazon. Oh yeah, I mean it is effectively <laughs> tax free though because a tax only works to the extent that it can be enforced, and that tax mm-hmm. was not enforceable at all. Nope. I I I don't know how you guys, you know, being from the beach and being pretty close to the North Carolina border. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would go to Nags Head or Outer Banks in general a lot, and there was always like, uh, it was like Christmas in July, where it's like we're going out, we're going over the border. We can buy fireworks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He's like, no, you don't understand. We can buy fireworks. It's like, okay. He's like, we can't buy fireworks in Virginia. I was Is like, that true? I think I think there's some sort of restriction, or it's like the 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 gauge, the the intensity of the firework. Is different. Okay, so like, I'm from Tennessee, and there's fireworks like on every the, corner. Um, they just give you, so, just give you C4. You know yeah. the, the launchers, the like the tube, and then yeah, you yeah. get like the orb, the mortars, the mortars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are illegal in Virginia. Yeah, so so you we've have to definitely bought like we've definitely bought mortars in, in, here. In, in this yeah. state, you can find them. You can definitely find yeah. them. Yeah, but, but it's, it's technically just, illegal. Definitely caught a trash can on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely remember New Year's parties where my stupid high school friends would light bottle caps and start throwing them, little bottle rockets yeah. or whatever. We had one where it was like it was one of those like artillery 
arrays of like 30 <laughs> that go one after another. And something happened where after the first one launched, it tipped over <laughs> towards the audience of everyone watching. And so everyone's just like running around like it's like a war zone or something. Uh, and so it's not good. that harmless because it's like this little thing. It'll hit you, right. whatever. But it was still hilarious. I mean, but it's still explosives. Yeah, it technically. is. Yeah, it's still fire and, yeah, hurtling it's toward fire, your face. Magnesium. <laughs> and it was like pitch black at this point. So it was just like, oh, God. Pure action movie. <laughs> it was awesome. The, uh, when, I went, when I went to Chicago for Train Jam, I walked into a Target because I needed to get like toiletries and shit. And there's just vodka just right there on the shelf. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. what the hell? What? Where am I? Because, you know, in Virginia, you have to go to a liquor store, like a right. state-run yeah. liquor store for that stuff. So it's, I've lived here my whole life, and I don't know what it's like in Tennessee, but I've lived here my whole life, and it's just like seeing... It's even weirder in Tennessee. Oh, is it? Yeah. So they just uh, passed a law that said you can sell wine at the grocery store. Really? Uh, Yep. And so, but lo- liquor is privatized, so there's private liquor and wine stores. Yeah, that's how it is in like which is Missouri. When I went to Missouri, but they which, couldn't do it in they couldn't sell grocery stores. No, just beer in grocery stores, uh, and you, you cannot you buy it on Derby. you can't buy it on Sundays. Oh uh, yeah, because mm, it's Tennessee. Laws. Yeah, there's a lot of that blue in South Carolina. That's true as well. Really? Like you can't go to a restaurant and get alcohol on a Sunday oh, on a Sunday bogus. in South Carolina. Whoa! So you go on get like brunch or whatever. And we asked, oh yeah, let's get a mimosa. And they're like, oh no, it's Sunday. That's bogus. It's Sunday. There's a lot of places in in rural Tennessee and in East Tennessee where it's completely dry, like dry counties. We can't can't buy alcohol, period. Really? I'm sure you can get like (laughs) heroin in the... Oh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Get the good stuff. But you can drive one county over for the most part. That's so weird. Yep. I mean, I get it. I, well, I don't know. I don't get it. I... Well, so I went to Houston a, f- a couple months ago, and we went to this, ba- it was like the Costco of alcohol, basically. And if you can imagine a building the size of Costco, and every alley had like a very specific genre of alcohol, and just all over the world. Like, <laughs> genre of yeah, alcohol. Yeah, so like, they had an alley for Irish whiskey, alley for Japanese whiskey, alley for bourbon. What are it the, was like what are the, magic. What are the two most incompatible alcohol genres? Oh, that's good. <laughs> and mix them together. It's like vermouth and probably and whatever whatever they no, make at a, frat parties. Triple second and, and Jaeger. Oh. Triple second Jaeger. Yep. That Ew. Uh, I don't know. That wouldn't be too bad. Harris uh, from Fingy was telling me about uh, this thing he was introduced introduced to and it was called a uh, Mimo shit. And it's like oh, instead no. of uh um because a mimosa is champagne and orange juice, right? Yes. Um instead of champagne it was bourbon. <laughs> It's bourbon and orange juice. That's like a kind of like a whiskey sour, but like grosser. Yeah, because a sour mix is like something different. It's not just it's not just orange juice. Yeah, it's like lemon. It's kind of like a screwdriver, but with bourbon. Mm-hmm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but a Costco, <laughs> the Costco of alcohol Costco. sounds. Yeah. How do they even prevent stealing in that kind of store? They can't. I don't know. People probably yeah. thrift and that place so they much. They had bottles. Um, well, behind glass, like bolted glass, they had like $20,000 bottles of this like crazy, you know, Mexican tequila or whatever. And But just on the regular shelves, they had $500 bottles or like. Yeah. And just, like, just yeah. So, pocket that. I don't know. What's that? What's that really popular whiskey? Was it? Van Winkle, R- Ripple, Ripple Van. Van Winkle? Yeah. Like the book? 
No, well, mm. no, it's 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 kind of Happy Van Winkle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, and that's like super expensive, isn't it? Isn't that like a grand or like fifteen hundred dollars or something? Something like that. But apparently in Virginia, there's a lottery for it because you know we have state-run uh, liquor store, and so instead of they only buy like a certain amount and they just give do a lottery for it, and then if you win one of these bottles, you can buy it for like a hundred, two hundred bucks. It's yeah. It's weird. Alcohol is weird. It is weird. Moment gave me a 4% ginger cider at PAX East. Oh, yeah. And, that, <laughs> and I hadn't had a sip of alcohol in like a year I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen you no, drink. I don't really, yeah, I don't really drink. And I was like, <laughs> that's that hit out. pretty hard though. Yeah, I was, yeah. And then I was just like, I felt pretty, I felt toasty. I felt <laughs> like my, cheek, my cheeks had reddened a little bit from that. That's a good place to be though. That's good. Uh, yeah. How'd you feel about PAX East? Um, I really liked it. It is a weird vibe. So like I'm rarely on this side, like the attendee side. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was cool just to have so much time just to do anything. Yeah. But all I did basically is just I went to random indie game booths and I talked to the devs for like 30 minutes to an hour or whatever. Were you you talking about their games or you were talking about like how to run a booth at that show or... I, I didn't really talk about boothing that much necessarily because we've done that so much sure. already. Um, so it was mostly like technical stuff about like, oh, how did you implement this? Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I talked with like Kevin from Power Up Audio for a long time about oh, audio techniques. Kevin. Kevin's so I cool. I talked with Socrates from... Socrates. I love Socrates Hacks, too. The hat game. Yeah. yeah. So just like super cool people. Um, and yeah, I... When I first got there, I was like, oh, I don't really know what to do. And I kind of, I went to like the Nintendo booth to try to find some Nintendo people. That didn't really work. You did eventually find Kirk, I did, didn't I you? did eventually find him. Yeah. Um. So that was like my one mission for PAX. So that was successful. Right. But the rest of the like, you know, 16 hours, it was like, I tried to play some games, but some of the lines were really long. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to try to play any games. Yeah. I'm just going to talk to devs. I, I I never I never stand in line at PAX. I yeah, always yeah. I always go to the stuff that doesn't have a line, which is why Hidden Gems of PAX East is a great panel because we tell you the stuff that doesn't have lines. I think you 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 tried out that w- with friends like these game right yeah. by the couple the yep. Australian couple yeah yep. yeah um I didn't get a chance to to play it but I felt Craig bad and so, someone else so the the <sighs> indies are really bad about talking where their booths are. So like we showcased uh, Intergalactic Space Princess, which Izzy Gramp is working on, and it took me forever to find her booth number. Yeah. Um, because Felix was like, I want to showcase this game. I didn't get a chance to grab the booth number. I was like, I'll go find it. And so I had to hunt down this goddamn booth, and then I was like, All right. And the the booth number wasn't listed, and I didn't get a chance to talk to Izzy because she was talking to someone. So I just looked at the map on the guidebook app, and then like kind of triangulated where the where it was i'm like all right so it's here i was like people when people tweet about their games at at big shows like this they have to say the booth number like why don't they do that and then when after we did the the panel i tweeted out all the games you showcased and plus their booth numbers plus the developers names and izzy just took that tweet and then retweeted it and said here's our booth number by nice. the way and i was like what just list your booth number <laughs> i uh, shouldn't be the one yeah i like it when they change their twitter handle to be like yeah, yeah, At that's PAX, good. Booth number, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah that's really but, smart. Okay, so here's the Easy. thing: it's not all their fault because one, 
uh, that place is like a maze. Even though it's a grid, it's like a maze grid. Well, yeah, because the numbers aren't perfectly in sequential. Exactly. They'll like start over here in like 1600. Well, they're, not even, they're not even somewhat in sequential order. Like you have to look at they're the like map clustered. every time. Yeah. And like I'll know a number like, oh, 20,152. And I'll spend a solid five minutes scouring the map to find where it is. Yeah. The other thing is, if I know what game I want to see, like Intergalactic Space Princess, I'm not going to find that on the menu because they only put studio names on the menu, not yes. the game name. Which they should start doing. They yeah. should need so to put like, the game names on there too. I was looking through the list and I I recognized a couple, but like, I didn't know, I didn't use the map at all because I only knew the studio names and I'm like, oh, I need to find this game. So this thing is useless to me. Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, so there's some things they can improve there. Sure. But, well, what I like about something like, like San Diego Comic-Con, which I think this is how they do it, I think they, they have basically aisles, right? So they have the aisles and then like the block number. So it's like all all the booths in this aisle start with 16,000. Uh, yeah. And they do that for each individual aisle. Um, but obviously San Diego Comic-Con is a way different beast than PAX. But I just, yeah, it, the, the navigation part needs to be better. Um, or maybe it needs to stay the same. And then the, the Hidden Gems panel will, be, will benefit for that. I don't know. But yeah. Another thing is like, I don't know if I was just a noob or something, but I couldn't find any like social gatherings or parties or anything afterwards. It's that's kind of less of a thing, I feel like, at PAX. Yeah. Um, I've heard stories, though, from like Brendan and Mike when they went to PAX East five years ago or whatever. Yeah. That they just had like crazy parties. So I, I don't know if something changed or... I think you have to, you have to, you have to know, know someone, know someone. Like okay. there's that PAX parties twitter account that can be kind of good yeah but, i mean how did we find out about the the red bull thing that was a pax parties thing okay yeah well, but even that was like very mild yeah it wasn't like know. some wild rager but also that location is terrible yeah yeah There's, i think th- a- i think that's the problem because like everyone wants to get back to their rooms and they're so far away from the convention center at that point yeah yeah like i was talking to harris and one one night they like ended up in cambridge which cambridge is like a 30 oh, yeah. minute drive from <laughs> from where the convention center is yeah, like it's not. Huh. Uh, yeah, that lo- the, they're building up the seaport, but how it is right now, it's like here's a Chipotle, and here's a shawarma place. Shawarma place. The shawarma <laughs> place is pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, and then that's basically it. There's like the Whiskey Priest, which is like that one bar, like that Irish bar, like on the water. That's pretty much it. It kind of feels like the stuff outside of Magfest, like the rest of National Harbor. You know how it feels kind of yes. barren? Yes. And like that's how Seaport feels like where the Boston Convention Center is. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm waiting for there to be a peep store. To be there. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite place to hang out at Magfest. It's always closed though at Magfest, no one, isn't it? No one goes there and it's we went. closed. You we went. We, we, we did went go. two years ago. We were the only people in there. It wow. was so cold. We were like, let's just stop in here and warm up. Oh my Christ, it was so cold. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, and yeah. All they have is peeps and peeps. And, and peeps. Yeah, I always thought it's closed because it's empty when I go by. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go in even it's though I do want to. I mean, why, it's just would unpopular. It, why would anyone go there? Yeah. For the novelty. I've never seen a peep store before. There was a Lego yeah. store at GDC, like... Well, that's way cooler than yeah. a Peeps store. Peeps are disgusting. Peeps are disgusting. I'd rather eat a Lego than a Peep. Hey, okay. welcome Real to talk. the Ward Games <laughs> Lego <laughs> Challenge where we each treat, try to eat a piece of Lego. <laughs> Ruthie, all right, you got to eat a two-by-two two stud. I'm going well, to we eat have a... to eat bigger and bigger Legos. <laughs> oh, my that's God. That's the challenge. I'm, I'm going to eat a, a, a minifig torso. 
You could you could eat like one of those little grass things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would that would that would deform. The little bendy. Um, you have to eat the gun, the little siren gun thing. Okay. You have to eat the gem, the gemstone. Oh, yeah. The treasure chest. I would. Yeah. Can you crunch it up, or you have to swallow it? Well, can you crunch it up? Well, it's like hard plastic. It would like snap a tooth. Yeah, if your oh, teeth yeah. are strong, then. My you teeth can do are it. strong, Dylan. <laughs> I've been eating Legos since I was a kid. <laughs> I've been training this, for this day my whole life. <laughs> cool. Uh, so yeah, so the Valve's buying Campo Santo. <laughs> yes. Yay. Uh, and they were not at PAX. They were not at PAX, probably because yeah. they were like getting all that shit together. Yeah. I don't know if they were. <sighs> they were at PAX East last year. Um, and they had a pretty cool booth, and they all dressed up in Park Ranger uniforms, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they were at they were at Paxi's last year because I had to buy uh had to buy no uh Mike wanted someone to buy uh him a Force Burns pin. Oh yeah, so I, so I I bought him that. Also got a uh, a, so do you are you familiar with the pin stuff, Ruthie? Pin stuff. Yeah. So are you familiar with Disney World pin trading? Yeah, yeah, like swap meet type so, things. So yeah. uh. Penny Arcade was like, that makes them a lot of money. We went in on that. And so they made... I did see there. made Penny Arcade. Yes. Uh, where they do... They, I did see they that. They make limited edition print run, pin runs, and then they, you trade them at, at PAX's. Uh, yeah, I'm totally into enamel pins. I have like at least 100 or wow. more. Yeah, I have a lot of pins. I'm waiting on... I have one from Nicole Hamilton coming in today Ooh, or, yeah. or Monday. Sarcastic hopefully. meta pins. It, <laughs> I'm really excited to see what it looks like. The um, but so the developers can get in on this, right? Yeah. And uh, I think the figures are like you have to you have to at least you have to buy in at least a run of a thousand, and then you can sell them or give them away, right? Mm-hmm. And so Finji had one, and it was May, the main character from Night in the Woods, the cat. It was her head. Um, Scott Benson made the art for it. Um, but man, people are ravenous for these fucking pins. And they're pretty expensive. It was like 20, 25 bucks for, for the <laughs> yeah. Finji one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they're, they're selling a lot of them. And yeah, I, that's crazy. A normal pin's like 10 bucks. Um, but eight bucks, something like that. Becca was Even lo- still, that's a lot for a pin. Becca said yeah, they make, it is. they make a higher margin on selling that than they do selling keys of the games. Okay. So that, that's what I was asking, um, I was talking to one of the guys at the Finji booth. I was saying, like, what is the actual margin on these pins? Because I just spent $15 on one for Gorogoa, which is $5 more than the actual game cost. It's it. It's so I hope <laughs> they're making some money off of yeah. it. The cost for the pin, at least for the Finji pin, was five bucks. And they're selling it for oh, like yeah. fifteen twenty. Okay. So they're making but what what I'm wondering is like what does PAX what cut does PAX take? I think it's in that five dollar cut. Oh okay. um, because so they send Penny Arcade packs the art. They do the the logistics of of manufacturing them and everything. And so the five dollars is probably their cut plus the cost of and that's yeah. per pin, right? Per pin, yeah. Yeah. So a thousand, a thousand. I mean, Pax is probably making a good margin on that as well. I, I guarantee. And and yeah. they have their own. So so they have like the the Penny Arcade like core team pins, and then they have the limited edition for Paxi's twenty eighteen. Right. Um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a ton of pins. There's a lot of them. Oh, I love the "Don't Starve" and the Triple Town one. There's a lot of. I don't them. know if people actually Transistor play. Transistor one looks Triple sweet. Town. I, I really love Triple want, Town. I want to do like a run of Ward Shield pins, not oh. related to this, but yeah, I think I think enamel pins of the Shield would look good. Um, 
But yeah, I, why did I bring Ooh. that up? But yeah, it was it was it was just weird. And but I got one for free because I worked the booth. Nice. And I was like, Becca, can I get one of these pins? Because it looked real cool. And she's like, but we had to keep explaining it to her because she was like, I don't understand like why why like why are people freaking out about these pins? And, yeah. And Harris and I were like, it's it's a Disney World thing. And she's like, I don't I don't understand. It's like Disney World started doing this like a decade or fifteen years ago. And then oh, it's like a yeah, like eighty years ago. It's like a well, people used to go to swap meets and trade these things. I think they used to do them at things like the Olympics or like the bicentennial. These huge events would have swap meets, and they would collect pins that way. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I like it though. I like the art that comes out of it and stuff. But man, so some of these people want to get each one. Yeah, that's that kind of insane. Cheap. I only like the ones that I can wear. The thing about enamel pins that's nice is like I'm not ready to go full out on like a gamer shirt, but I can wear a little gamer pin and I feel like I'm not conceding too much. <laughs> Kelly, I got this I got this Indie Mega Booth shirt from Kelly at Indie Mega Booth because I was talking to her. She's like, you want a shirt? I was like, sure. And she, she gave me a shirt and I walked back over to the Finji booth because I was still working and Harris is like, where'd you get that ugly shirt? And I was just like, <laughs> um, um, well, Kelly gave it to me for free. And then he was like, oh, okay, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I, I told Will about the shirt. He's like, oh, that really cool looking shirt. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so many opinions. I would say that shirt does not remind me at, at all of Indie Mega Booth. I mean, the logo. I do like their logo. They, could, they do a lot of cool stuff. With it's the not Indie a bad Mega shirt. I just oh, didn't, okay, I see it now. I didn't have any idea what it was. Yeah, it's just some just random graphic tee, and then they put the indie mega booth stuff on it like a lady with a cyborg with a helmet vr helmet or something, something. i don't whatever cool. it's free i don't know. uh but yeah cool um we're getting close to the two hour mark guys is there anything gotta get going <laughs> you're shoveling out yeah what is, <laughs> what's, uh do we do we need to wrap up do you need to head up yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I bought some plants today. I'm trying to get them into the ground. Trying to plant some plants. Yeah. So some of these, some of these real life. You games. might, you might have seen it in games such as Stardew Valley. Hmm. Hmm. Not familiar. It's not like my girlfriend has played like 250 hours of oh, that. Oh God. That I game. thought I was bad at 80, but yeah. No, she put 80 on like Steam, and then I bought it on Switch, <laughs> and now I don't own a Switch anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we can wrap it up there. I played a lot of games, but we I can talk about them next time, maybe, because uh, we have a full house for next episode, uh, next roundtable episode. Um, but yeah, I've been playing God of War, and it's really cool. Oh, nice. But yeah, I, I can talk about that later. Um, coming up. Is it a mature game? Pretty mature. Okay. It's it's mature in the sense of like, wow, this this family relationship is, is pretty, pretty pretty busted like i did not know the kid's name for probably the first couple hours because he just <laughs> says boy right boy read this if if you don't have a beard is it still worth playing the game if you don't have a beard yeah uh yeah okay because you can just just do you have to pretend you have a beard or like does it make your neck a little itchy mm, no, no no okay i i didn't feel anything either way i mean you just get to marvel at kratos's beard there's a really right. cool shot. So, like, the big thing they focus... All right, I'm going to talk about it for, like, very, very... very <laughs> no spoilers. No, no, no spoilers. But, right. like, so it makes a big deal about it. It's a single shot, right? So there's no cuts. Mm -hmm. not, there's not even loading. There's, it's a, the wow. whole game is a single okay. shot. 
Um, and so obviously they wrap, they pan the camera around, they and they rotate it and stuff. But there's this really cool shot, like after uh, Kratos has his first interaction with the Norse gods, um, and he just has this look on his face, like he has his head kind of bowed, like he's kind of getting up from the ground. And just there's this really cool shot of just like how piercing his eyes look underneath that very heavy brow that he has and it's just it's a very very striking shot but i think the i constantly because you know kratos's features in the original trilogy were like kind of whack right like his jawline like jutted out yeah, yeah, yeah and i keep trying to see if like they kept that with the beard and so i'm like trying always trying to like see like how the beard sits <laughs> on his face and like all right is his jaw still ridiculous where it just kind of like shoots out at the bottom there. It covers or, a lot of the weird stuff. Yeah, it covers most of his weird features. <laughs> yeah. Um. Still, still has. The he tattoo. has that kind of like I know you know that SpongeBob episode where Squidward, <laughs> Squidward, is, Squidward is beautiful. <laughs> That's kind of what it looks like. Someone made that GIF of him spinning around, but put Kratos makeup and tattoo on it. Someone has to have done that by now, right? Probably. Okay. Basically, every SpongeBob meme has been created. Oh, did you see the one with with? When he takes the when SpongeBob takes the deep breath and then he goes boy oh yeah yeah and then they did oh, it in yeah, the yeah, game yeah, the Kratos yeah. tattoo yeah he's just like, <laughs> boy definitely seen that one pretty good all right well we'll wrap up now um, coming up next episode uh, have an interview with Mike Bithell had a chat with him nice um, he's he had a lot of cool things to say about just narrative design and and his work on his games uh, like Thomas was alone in volume and subsurface circular. Uh, after that, I have the the boys, the instant replay live boys coming in. Nice. Uh, they are a hoot. You they, don't want to miss this. They are a hoot nanny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um and then Alex Damrath will make his his faded return to the show after being out for a little while. I don't think he's been on the show since like February. Um, and he should be back back as a regular. After that, we have Mike Rose coming. And then I have a couple of more interviews. Christina Ness, concept artist at oh. uh, Valve. Nice. Oh, Coming awesome. Soon. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, then you can talk about Campo Santa. Yeah. I'll yeah. Be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's it like working with Sean and Jake? Tell me about that. Um, no, that should be a good talk. I'm recording that tomorrow, but I should go up in a couple weeks. Um, but until next time, Moment, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, I guess. <laughs> I haven't tweeted in a while, but... Retweet this episode, which I appreciate. I did retweet this episode. But yeah, you can you can find me at Fool Moron. All one word. All one word. Fool Moron. Yeah. Cool. I have pretty good SEO, so you'll find <laughs> it. <laughs> Top tier. Top yeah, tier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ruthie? Uh, my website's ruthieswebsite.com. It's a profesh website. Yeah. And Totes all my profesh. other stuff is linked from there. Sweet. Awesome. Well, you can find this podcast and all of our other podcasts at ward-games.com as well as on Twitter at wardvideogames or anywhere else you can listen to a podcast, whether it be Google Play, iTunes, or elsewhere. Look look for Wardcast. Look for Kill Will. Kill Will. <laughs> look for the Nintendo seal of quality. <laughs> It'll be right in the bottom, bottom right-hand corner on every single screen. In every single application. Um, But until next time, guys. Adios. See you later. See ya. Hey, what's up? Uh
allow me to get I am the mayor of this town and I dare to live all the cops in the world could never catch me and I building up this city one day right to pass me. Riding around in my mayor car. Throwing up and building like a super 